Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Uncensored Anime Podcast. This is episode 21. Uh, this is where we talk about all things anime uncensored. I am one of the hosts, David. We got Kenny. We got Jerry. And today, we're just going to talk about some anime. We're going to be just rapid-firing some news that we got um, off the cuff. And we're going to be doing a long-awaited review. I, I guess not really long-awaited, but a review of High Rise Invasion that dropped on Netflix recently. So, Jerry, as usual, I'll turn it to you. What's the first bit of news that we want to talk about today? Truly, truly an anime of culture, High Rise Invasion is. That's the uh, that's the truth. But I'm excited <laughs> to get into it tonight, boys, and talk more about High Rise Invasion. It's a show that earlier this year, when we first talked about it, when the trailer dropped, there was some inter- we had some interest in it. So I'm uh, uh, I I don't I guess I'm unfortunately prepared to tell you all our feelings on the show after watching the whole season uh, because yeah. it dropped all together on Netflix. So we will see how that comes or how that ends up. <laughs> but uh, I think the biggest news that everyone is probably talking about in the anime industry right now or in the anime fandom, sorry, not industry, in the anime fandom has got to be that finally, after a few months of waiting, you know, the movie came out in, what, October in Japan? Yeah. So after a few months of waiting uh, here in the States... Demon Slayer's film Mugen Train has finally received some official information about when the film will be dropping. So for those of you listening uh, that are uh, interested, the film will be releasing in theaters. I believe the date is April 23rd is uh, maybe 22nd and 23rd, I think. And it will be sub there'll be subbed and dubbed options in theaters. And uh, only, those tickets are going to go on sale. Yep. Those tickets are going to go on sale on April 9th. Okay. But then additionally, uh, two months after the movie appears in theaters, then we will be getting a digital release. So you'll be able to buy the movie digitally via things like Apple TV, Microsoft Store, Vudu, yada, yada. So you'll still have to buy it. It won't be available for free on streaming platforms, at least not that I can uh, uh, gather. So, Mm. yes, the movie is getting a full-blown theater-only, theatrical-only release, which seems... Uh, I a don't want to idea. use the word odd, right? No, it seems a bit uh, maybe not premature because there are lots of other things that have opened up already, and theaters think it's time for them as well, or whatever. And this is kind of another. I mean, this is going to get people back in theaters for sure. I think that all these showings around the nation will probably near sell out. I'm sure they'll fill the theaters as best they can. And so, uh, if you have any interest in getting your hands on some of those tickets, be ready on April 9th to pick those tickets up because. Yeah, so that means some of us will be seeing the movie uh, in about a month and a half. So that's awesome for those that are willing or interested in going to the movie theater with all their weeb friends uh, while a pandemic is not still fully under control in the United <laughs> States. If that's your if that's your slang, man, then we'll see. I'll probably I'm wait. Cer- <laughs> I'm certainly considering it, and only because... The only reason I'm considering it is because as of April 23rd, I'll be fully vaccinated. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm considering it, but we'll see if I if I make the jump and decide to go see it or not. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure yet. And we just got to remember that you know, the Oscars this year, uh, instead of Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, they went ahead with Shaun the Sheep, Shaun the Sheep, uh, Wolfageddon or whatever it's called, <laughs> uh, yep. uh, for the nomination this year. I just. 
Oh, farm, farm again. Farm again. Farm again. John the sheep. Hey, can he get it right, dude? John the sheep, the movie Farm Again, obviously better than Kimetsu no Yaiba, uh, the Demon Train, uh, for very obvious reasons, which is that uh, none of the Oscar people probably watch this movie because they don't uh, respect uh, Japanese anime films. I don't know why. Yeah, Uh, it seems a bit odd. Yeah, I mean. That's definitely part of the news as well to me, which is that mm. surprisingly, with the Oscars uh, nominations coming out, there, uh, they, the, it didn't get any nominations. Which I, I guess whatever, because the weird thing is that yeah, like the film, to my understanding, didn't get an official U.S. release. But I do remember, and we mentioned this on the podcast, I think, but they did do a weird screening in Florida yeah. a couple months back. Right. Um, and it seemed like the intent behind that screening was to get it its required qualifications to be nominated. So to see it not nominated is certainly confusing to me because uh, while I can certainly respect that Soul and Onward are nominated in the Best Animated Film category, the other three films, um, well, maybe Wolfwalkers, I've, I've heard a lot of praise for that film, but Shaun the Sheep and Over the Moon, uh, I, I just don't know if... That right. really makes a lot of sense. And it does. Yeah, it. The, it makes no sense. The, <laughs> that category has always been a little disrespectful to Japanese animation. But yeah. when when a Japanese anime is the third best-selling film in the entire world in a year, in the year 2020, I think it was the third. Maybe it pulled into the second spot before the end of the year. I can't remember. But it just seems disrespectful to not at least try to acknowledge it, especially when, to our understanding... They they went out of their way to try to get nominated by right. uh, following the guidelines right. to qualify. So I'm really confused about that. Uh, maybe it just didn't work for the people in the Oscars committee because of the fact that the film is like you have to technically have watched the entire television show to understand like the plot of the movie. So like maybe that's what kind of made it a little off putting to the Oscars committee, but. It's weird. I mean, I, the best way I could put it is it's weird, but it's not unexpected, I guess. Right. People just I mean, hate reading subtitles, I guess. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. it, it's dubbed, I think. Um, it was probably... I can only imagine that the the copy that they delivered to the Oscars committee was probably in English, yeah. I think. But, I mean, obviously mm. the dub exists because it's coming out in theaters in a month, but right. Um, right. maybe Although it didn't I, exist in time. I don't know. Yeah, and technically, I mean, they don't have to dub it. I, I think that I think that in particular with like like Miyazaki films, he does a they do a really good job of dubbing it. But with uh, a movie like Your Name, like you you can just watch the anime version. And I think that after a foreign language film, a, a film in for in a foreign language, won Best Picture last year. I don't like, I you know at this point like they can just watch a sub. I yeah yeah. Um, I'm pretty maximum confused. And Your Name didn't get nominated a couple years back either, did nope. it? I don't believe so. Again, did a no, silent voice get nominated? No. 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 Which hmm. both were incredibly popular, massive, tentpole anime films Amazing that certainly should have, been, should have been considered for th- at least the best animated picture category, right? Like, yeah. And, and in some of the years, it's like, what even... Would, like, some of the movies that are in the best animated feature are like, meh movies. Like, I don't, yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the category is dominated by Pixar and Disney, and it seems like all the other nominees don't really get... They just get thrown in there just because they have to fill the category. Right. And I feel like the, the Oscars committee has probably, like, you know, they're just like, meh? Mo- animated movies? 
yeah. I mean, and the I category think- is still pretty young. It, it just started in the year. I think the first year, yeah, 2001 was the first year the category ever existed. And the first winner was literally fucking Shrek. What? Greatly deserved. Great, greatly no, deserved. Is that a that joke? Is, no, this is real. Greatly deserved. The very first, the very first uh, best animated <laughs> picture category winner in 2001 was the very first Shrek movie, beating out only three nominees. The three nominees were Shrek the movie, Jimmy Neutron the film, and Monsters Inc. So Shrek beat Monsters, Shrek beat Monsters Inc. That's for, crazy. For, Okay, there's corruption all the way back to the beginning, then, okay? Bro, Shrek, dude, Shrek was icy, I guess. Shrek was so good. Shrek was good. The first Shrek movie was actually pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, you got to kind of put respect on Shrek's name. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was the the Evangelion of Disney movies, so. But essentially, since since Spirited Away, Pixar. No, No, DreamWorks. DreamWorks, yeah. Let's see here. Spirited Away won the Oscar in 02, which was the year, the second year of its existence. Right. And, and Spirited then, Away is owed because Disney localizes it. Like, yeah. I think that that... All of Miyazaki? Or... I believe yeah, so. Yeah. Disney, Disney does all of American Miyazaki. That's why they get mm. such high-profile voice actors. Yep. Um, so then again, Howl's got nominated in 05, but lost to Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. So uh, that happened. Are those uh, movies actually good? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've, I mean, I've seen because that's the same studio that made Chicken Run, right? Yeah, yes, sir. The, the claymation and and Sean the Sheep. Yep, yeah. and Sean the Sheep. And then The Wind Rises was nominated in 2013, and it got beat by fucking Frozen. Uh, well, <laughs> I forgot. I watched yeah. that one actually when it happened, and I just remember being salty then. <laughs> um, I but then it, the first wait, Kenny, what animated feature? Is it should it's it's like a kids movie category, and there are so many well developed, interesting adult stories that are told in anime, and yeah. yet somehow the animated feature is always just oh what did my kids like this year I guess I'll vote yeah. for that. Yep, that's, um, that's, I, no, that's how the I didn't even like again. Frozen to be honest. I thought Frozen was mid mid as fuck. Frozen super meh. It's super meh. Yeah, but. The first film, anime film that was not Miyazaki's to get nominated for the category was The Tale of Princess Kaguya in 2014. Did get nominated, but also lost. It lost out to Big Hero 6. I um, love Big Hero 6. Big Hero so instead, really of picking, instead of picking a movie set uh, or created by Japanese people in Japan, they instead picked a movie made in America by American people about Japanese people. So yeah, you pretty, know. Solid, pretty solid choice there. Um. And then since then, the since that nomination watch. in 2014, there's not been another nomination for an anime film. So, which and I feel like sense. between uh, now and 2014, so many amazing so many. anime films have been created. I mean, yeah, you, your name in a silent voice, like, should have been in this. Ca- oh wait, what? Mirai got nominated. My bad, I missed one. 2018, wait. Mirai got nominated. Which we have not watched here on the channel yet, but we should. That was that the one. That's the one after. That's a Mamoru Hosoda film too. Yeah, it was. It, mm. We planned on watching it, and then we yeah, we were going to watch it, but we didn't watch it yet. Uh, but we maybe we will actually. Maybe that'd be a good way to celebrate the Oscars. Oh, oh, it's on Netflix. I will admit though, oh, really? the film that the film yeah. that beat Mirai was 
Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is but, like, yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that, that, that was so good. That was so good. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That's a good movie, dude. That deserves I mean, it. Wasn't that, that was Sony's, movie. wasn't that yeah. Sony's first Oscar in that category? Yes, yeah, yeah. It was the first time they got an animated film Oscar, dude. Pretty so, sweet, I mean, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks for Mirai, but uh, so yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, 2019 we didn't get any anime nominated, and then now in 2020 we are not getting any in, animated. And the animated Farmageddon. feature category is often like fucking like like they don't even nominate. Like hope, they could nominate way more you know what, people. I hope Farmageddon wins. I hope it wins the damn category. <laughs> No, Soul's gonna win. Soul's gonna win. Soul's gonna win. Disney pays too much money. Soul's gonna win handily. It's like not even like. I mean, I hate it because I actually, I think, in some ways, I preferred Onward a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I'm torn because like they were both good animated movies, but like I think there are some aspects of Onward I really preferred, but there were aspects of Soul that I really preferred. I mean, Mm. I think Soul was a little more existential, but I think that for me, Onward was a little more personal. Like it felt like a little more, I don't know, just connected. Um, so I don't know. They're both good movies, so I, I'm I'm not mad that either of those will win. But I part of me just wants Farmageddon win just to just to b- give a big fuck you because they didn't nominate Demon Slayer. <laughs> I mean, it's like because they've never nominated movies like like My Hero, any My Hero movies or DBZ movies or you know right. Naruto or Bleach movies. Which I mean, those I mean those are good movies, but they're not like to the standard I would say of like. Your name or you know, Spirited Away, yeah. But and yeah. I mean, Demon Slayer I mean, the movie, movie, like that animation. Like I haven't seen it, but like I know it's gonna be better than the than the series and the um than the season. Yeah. And like you can't look at that and be like, okay, yeah, this doesn't deserve any kind of recognition. Yeah, and at and least we, like, wait, Kenny, you go. It's like Shrek and Frozen winning in this category, to like. A movie like A Silent Voice just, it, it like, pisses me off that it's just totally, like, you know, they're like, oh, it's just, it's from a country on the other side of the world, so. I mean, that's it. I mean, you have to, like, recognize who's, like, pulling the strings behind it all, you know, like, right. who makes it the yeah. final decisions, so it's. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Well, there you go, guys. So if you want to see Demon Slayer the film, it's finally coming to to United States audience uh, officially, so if you can purchase the film do it uh you know power to you get it purchased and enjoy it when it comes out in june or if you are bold uh have fun in theaters in april so uh, good luck to all of you that are gonna do that uh kenny what other news do we have today so a couple season twos have been announced uh i'm excited about a couple of them uh we're talking about high rise invasion right which is a netflix show and there was a a sort of lower key Netflix show called Be the Beginning that came out a couple of years ago, maybe like 2016. Um, I watched it though. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, it. And it just sort of went to the back of my mind, you know? Yeah. I feel like when it came mm-hmm. out, people talked about it for like a week or two. It's got, it kind of got Netflix where like, it got Netflix. Yeah. The whole show came out, out. All season drops. People talk about it right when it drops, but then for the most part, the discussion kind of ends there and then it moves on. So, and I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. I remember enjoying it. Uh, I may watch it again to see how it has held up since then. But mm-hmm. the next season drops in a couple days. I'm excited about it. It ended on a cliffhanger, sort of. It sort of got its got an ending and then gave us like a 30-second teaser that was like, okay, if we do get another season, this is what it might be about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's actually like an original animation, if 
I remember correctly, it's not based on anything, or maybe it is. I don't know. Be the beginning. I don't think. I think you're right. Uh, or yeah, I think it's an. I guess, it's I've an never book. seen it, but um. Yeah, it's an original net animation. That's what it says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it it yeah it has no it has no it's not inspiration. It's not based off anything. Right, and so that's what I, I really enjoyed that about it, and the fact that I don't know, like you know, I read a lot of manga, and so oftentimes almost everything that's coming to anime, I've already read, heard about, or seen already, like you know, yep. and so it was really interesting and really. And like I said, I really enjoyed it. But it's coming in like two days as of recording this. It comes out the 18th. Whoa. So obviously I'm excited about that. I'll watch it. But Yeah, by I, the time they're listening to this, it should be out. You should be able to go watch it on Netflix. Yep. Um, obviously, everybody knows Megalobox is getting a season two. Megalobox, Nomad. Yeah. Um, For those that haven't heard of Megalobox, it's also an original animation. Yep. Um. Done in the old animated style. Done, yeah, it was done by hand, mostly hand animated, which is a kind of not heard of nowadays. You know, most animation as of circa the 2000s started to be done mostly, um, mostly is done on computers. So you just don't see a lot of animators still making it by hand. Obviously, How Miyazaki is like one of the prime examples of like anime still made by hand. Like The Wind Rises was still done through hand style animation. So. It's still done, but it's super not heard of. So the first season of Megalobox did that. Super cool, uh, unique story about underground sort of like uh, boxing is the best, right? Like, uh, yeah. And there's kind of like a mech ass, not mech, but like, yeah, uh, a sci-fi, uh, retro sci-fi sort of feel is the best way I can describe. Yeah, it. it's almost like uh, I, I would almost say like steampunk, but not mm. really. That's a good I, word. For it's it, like vaguely, you know, like yeah, it's not fully sci-fi. In the uh, way yeah, that. retro sci-fi is the best word I can think. Like yeah. old school, but with like sci-fi aesthetics. Right, um, almost like Hakuna uh, Ken, somewhat. It reminds me of that movie uh, that had Hugh Jackman with like. Yeah, sci-fi I was thinking of the exact no. same thing. No. I'm getting real, thinking real, 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 real steel, real, real steel. Oh, yeah. I, don't know. I saw that in theaters. That was that was a vibe. Uh, yeah. Real Steel uh, Megalobox. Yeah, season two of that should be coming out. I think in April. It's coming fast. I think right. Coming, coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be coming super soon. I'm sure it'll be on probably Crunchyroll if I had to guess, just because. Uh, yeah, they got I think that's where the first season was. Yeah, so I'm sure they would. I hope. I'd hope they wouldn't sacrifice the rights to that, but we'll see. And you uh, know, you know, coming up in two weeks, season five. My Hero Academia. My Hero, back at it. The arc that is being teased in the trailer has something to do with Class 1B or whatever, fighting 1A and some sort of... Yeah. Sounds like it's a tournament arc! Um, yeah, I mean, I can spoil it, but, you know... Yeah, don't don't worry, don't spoil it, but... My Hero is good. I gotta tell you, if I'm you still really want anime it, only, <laughs> so I'm anime only, anime only. Well, well after so we get past this arc, Jerry, just know. Just know. I'm, there are like comments on YouTube. There are comments on YouTube that are like, the class one A versus class one B arc is the calm before the storm. Don't you worry. <laughs> the next arc, everything's gonna hit the fan. Don't yeah. you worry. Edge Lords, okay, let me tell you, Edge Lords like the arc after next for a very clear reason. You'll know, and you're gonna you're gonna be like, This is I it's good, but yeah. like seriously. I wonder if season five. How long is the one A one B arc in? Sure, I would say like twelve episodes. You think twelve? Twelve? I think I don't because like the next part is going is like like I think its own season. 
for yeah, the I most think it'll part, be 16, 16 four or something like that. My mm. assumption, David, is like the oh, uh, it's like six episodes, and then like the rest of the season yeah, they, is uh, that's, that's, to kind of yeah. give you a gauge, David. The the chapter to episode ratio in most of my hero episodes are about two to three chapters per episode. Oh, so, okay, it won't take that that so many episodes. If then. the one B one A arc, so you saying like twelve episodes? Would it, imply it, that, like, it won't be that long then. That it was like twenty four to thirty six chapters, which would be a long. I mean, that seems like a long arc for my hero. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I what, was that part Kenny like like fifteen twenty chapters? Not much. It felt like I mean each each little portion of it was only like one or two chapters. I think that I think that it'll probably be five or six episodes. I, it'll probably be six yeah. episodes because one episode will just be a, a bullshit recap. Mm-hmm. So oh, no, I say yeah. no. That's already been confirmed. Yeah, but so they're episode not. One will, <laughs> yeah, episode one will be a, a recap, and then I think about five episodes for the one A one B, and I I think the rest of the season will be the arc after that. Okay. We may get into the the arc following, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was twenty twenty three chapters in the manga. Okay, I think the arc after the one B versus one A is long, but there's a lot of action, so they might actually be able to do the rest of the season covering that entire arc. So that, yeah, that, that might. Up, Jerry, so. Yeah, don't don't look it up, Jerry. Look it it looks like I'm not. I'm not. It looks like the arc after is called the Meta Liberation arc. No, Jerry, don't, don't look at Jerry. It. Jerry, I'm not read about. It. I just know the name. That's all. I'm just looking okay. at the name. Okay. It that's ran from mean. chapters 218 to 240, so that's oh. about the exact oh. same length. They're they're about, uh, they're the exact same number of chapters. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. It felt so much what's longer. The, what's the name of the arc after that? Endeavor Agency arc. Oh. Oh. It felt like really long. It felt, long. I don't yeah, know. it felt very long. Maybe there's a lot of content. Then I don't know. Like there were, I don't know. There they, were a lot of. They were they were pretty heavy chapters. Some like heavy position. According heavy. to the the numbers here, it says that the one A one B arc ran from chapters one ninety four to two seventeen, yeah. and then the meta liberation arc ran from two eighteen to two forty. So that would imply that they that it actually implies the one A one B arc was one chapter longer. longer yeah, and then, yeah, it was one. It was twenty three chapters for the 1A, 1B, and then 22 chapters for the Meta Liberation arc. Okay, I, well, I, I'm misremembering. But, so it, it sounds like it'll be half of it, 1A, 1A versus yeah, 1B, half yeah. of it, Meta Liberation. I bet it'll, I bet it'll be exact. I bet it'll literally be 12 episodes, 1A, 1B, 12 episodes, Meta Liberation. I, I mean, well, that yeah. sounds like the perfect pace to me. Yeah. To, at I that point. I, You're doing I, essentially a two-chapter and episode pace, and you, uh, you yeah. get through both those half arcs. Unless this is going to be a stupid, like, you know, double core season, where it's like, Season five, part one, and then they do the class one A, one B, and then tough. like season five, part two comes out eight months later or something. You know, if they oh. do that shit, I'll be a lot of anime yeah. have been doing that shit lately, and it's starting to piss me off. I think I'm like about the... to do that. Yeah. Holy shit! The current arc is still going. Paranormal yeah. Liberation War arc. Jerry. Yeah, it's it's it... wrapping up though. Yeah. When did it or when does what chapter is the most recent? Can you guys tell me like the number off the top of your head? Two oh no. No, it'd be something? it'd be in the three hundreds probably. Oh, that's, that's what I it's, thought. Okay, it's like three hundred seven. I think they, it just, the they just passed like chapter three hundred. Okay, it, it is three hundred five. Damn. Damn. So pretty much everything. So if this season does cover through the Meta Liberation Army arc, then they'll be like caught up to the current arc. Essentially, there's a oh. short Endeavor Agency arc for ten chapters. Yeah, but yep. then after, the arc after that will jump right into the arc that's currently running. So oh, like, we probably oh, won't get that arc it, though for like another two years. Why would it be two yeah. years? I mean, they've been doing a one one season a year 
They've done a My Hero season every year for the last, what, five years? Wasn't Four the last season? Like, yeah. I thought the last season was like, what year is it? No, it was last year. That was 2019. Was it no, it came out in 2020. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy. Well, it, start, it started in late 19 and ended in 2020. Because oh, remember the back, okay. like the last couple episodes of season four, they actually got delayed. The dub got delayed because of the pandemic. Um, yeah. And I only, mm. I only remember that because my brothers didn't watch it. Johnny and Kenny didn't watch it. So Johnny Mikey. literally like a year ago this month, the last season ended. So, and we've pretty much had a new season of My Hero every year since the anime started they haven't That's taken true. a break so in if, my mind I mean, if the current pace is kept in then yeah we might be catching up to the manga well in right. my mind if they if they adapt the two parts like we're expecting this year then uh maybe late in 2021 they'll adapt the endeavor agency arc and the uh but the paranormal liberation war arc sounds like it would take an entire two season se- it, no, it sounds like it would take two seasons to adapt because it's so much longer Wait, sorry. How many it. how many chapters did you say the the war arc was? The paranormal liberation arc starts on two fifty three, but then when does it? It's not even over yet. But oh, so, so it's like, like it's like fifty plus chapters. Yeah, so that's it's about be, to end. That means it's going to be like I mean that's hard pressed to do fifty plus chapters. I mean they I might. Just, there's a lot of action say, though. No, right. I, what? I think maybe it's one or two more chapters. You think the arc is like literally done yeah. right now, Kenny? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're in the yeah. we're in the wind down period. Okay, yeah. so that's interesting, and especially because Corey Koshi said he sees my hero ending in the next couple of years. So, does it feel like this arc is some sort of wind up towards like a finale, or no? I mean, don't uh, spoil it, but like in the simplest of terms, like because so. remember, Corey Koshi said he sees the manga ending in the next few years. He you, recently said that in an interview. You know, I, I don't want to say this because it might I be a spoiler. I think that that's a fucking. I think he's fucking. I think he's an artist. They, my hero. They say, uh, you know what I mean, though. Like he said, like manga artists will say that, and then like they won't end that shit for five years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've been ending One Piece for a while. <laughs> Oda Oda has thrown around like, oh yeah, One Piece has ten years left. Like for ten years at this point, like he yeah. Oda Oda has no fucking idea how long his anime or is going to yeah, take. You know yeah. what? Like his manga is going to take. So that cracks me up, but uh, okay, cool. Okay, so that's my hero. Academia is going to end, and my hero life will begin. I I I am getting feelings of like a like a transitional time thing. Skip? Yeah, time skip. I'm a getting I'm getting skip? I'm getting feels like that, like a Naruto to ship it in, or like a One Piece time skip feel. That's what I'm kind of getting from the current chapter. My hero hasn't done a time skip yet, has it? No, not yet. That's why I think I think my hero academia may end soon. Um, Yo, that would be interesting. I I for, I forget that like it's such a shonen trope at this point to, to do, do a time, time skip. Yeah. And yeah, we haven't it's, had it's a, good time. Manga, a yeah. good manga with a big time skip in a long time. It used to yeah. be like the thing. I time, mean, yeah, one of these time skip. One piece had a great time skip. No, it did. It did. Yeah, I know. Bleach had a time. Did Bleach? Yeah, Bleach. Bleach kind of did. Kind of. Kind of did. But it was like Eisen Bloody War. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dragon Ball, you always got to remember whenever Goku goes off and comes back and he's tall to fight Piccolo Jr. Dragon Ball had a time skip. Yeah. And then, I mean, to Dragon Ball Z. Even didn't Black Clover recently have a time skip or something? Or it yeah. didn't the anime? Buff, Buff Asta. Black Clover did it. Black Clover did it. So I'm just, that's curious. I'd be interested to see if we get a My Hero time skip, uh, especially just to see what happens with it. Okay, so that's all of our season twos. Kenny, were there any other season twos we missed? 
some other ones, but like it's not, you know, there's another season of Moriarty the Patriot coming. Oh, shit. There's, yeah, we've talked about that Wait, on the really? podcast. So. There's kind of like shitty, shitty anime getting uh, season yeah. two. We live in an era of season twos at this point. Like, I feel like almost all shows when each new season come around are like season twos or threes or fours. Oh, you know? shit. There is one called The Way of the House Husband getting its first season coming up on right. April 8th. Fuck, we're going to be. We're gonna review that on this podcast for sure. Okay, that that one. We're gonna have a, like a spring anime episode, I'd assume, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. probably do our spring episode. So, for those of you listening, we'll hopefully be doing our spring uh, teaser taster episode probably the first week of April. So, if mm-hmm. you guys are out there, so we'll probably have a couple more episodes before we do that one. But uh, that'll be our episode where we watch thirteen brand new shows. We don't watch any uh, old, se- you know, we don't watch any season twos or season threes or anything. But we pick out thirteen brand new anime. We watch the first episode and give our first impressions on all 13 of them in one massive episode. So our uh, spring anime uh, teaser episode will be coming uh, very soon. Most likely first week of April, I think, is when all the shows will air. So uh, that would be on the lookout. If you look, if you like those episodes, we've done two of them here on the channel uh, on the show before. So we had a lot of fun with the last two because we did one for um, – we've only done two. We did one for fall and one for winter. So we haven't done this. Is the, this will only be our third season. Yeah, Kenny's oh, like, did we do more than that? Crazy, no. Kenny. Three, bro. Come no, on. This, no, no. This will be our third one. This will be our third one. Yeah, um, my favorite episodes. So that's dope. But yeah, and honestly, there's a lot of great shows. I mean, I'll just throw out a couple that most likely are going to be on a list, just because if you're curious, right? We're probably going to watch Tokyo Revengers. We're probably going to watch To Your Eternity. Those are both shows that are on our radar of stuff that we want to watch. We're definitely going to be talking about Shaman King in that episode because, uh, I mean, there's no way around. It, it, isn't, it, is a re- it is a reboot, but it is the first episode of a brand new series, so we're going to count mm-hmm. it probably. Um, there was a couple others that... Uh, we'll probably watch a, a bullshit isekai. Yeah, we'll pick right. an isekai yeah. or two. <laughs> I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level, or... Wait, is that a real one? Uh, that's yeah, that's real. a real one coming that sounds up. Real. That sounds real. <laughs> the, Saints, the Saints' magic power is omnipotent. Uh, uh, I love, I love yeah. names. I, I already want to look at the list of spring anime. I, I literally saved a meme earlier today that I feel like I have to share with the podcast because it was yeah, like too funny up, for me, guys. So party. I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. This is literally all the memes said. It said, anime titles then. Bleach, One Piece, Naruto. Anime titles now. I was minding my own business going to high school one day when I got reincarnated into another world with my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That was the entire shit. Somebody needs to go ahead and so, make of that. The next, the last piece of news we want to touch on before we move on, I think, I, I think this will be the last one, is yeah, that I mean, for those of you that haven't heard. There's an iconic anime. We've talked about it a lot here on the podcast, but most likely, if you know anything about anime, you've heard about the show, Cowboy Bebop, a very popular yep. show from late 90s, early 2000s, um, starring uh, Spike. He's essentially a space bounty hunter uh, with a lot of uh, you know drama from his past cropping up in his life is essentially what the show is about. He's got a fun, wacky crew that kind of get into misadventures. They handle a lot of bounty hunting, yada, yada, yada. It's a classic show, 26 episodes, really awesome series uh, original anime series it's not based on anything either um by essentially a legendary director right so there's always been talks of adapting cowboy bebop into a live action series it's been going on for years and years and years i remember at one point in time there was a film that uh, was supposed to be being made where keanu reeves was going to star as 
Spike Spiegel. That was some news that was going around. Finally, about, I want to say two or three years ago, they finally got the green light to make a Netflix adaptation of the show into a full live-action TV series. So in 2019, they started filming, but the lead actor who was playing Spike actually got into a sad, uh, not a, like, he didn't die. He got into an accident um, and hurt his foot while filming. So he they had to take some odd months off. But uh, And then, obviously, COVID happened, mm. and so they had more delays. But as of this recording, so I think it was just announced yesterday, the entire series has wrapped filming. So they have filmed the entire show. So uh, I don't know if that means we're going to see the show in 2021. I would be hard-pressed to say that it's actually going to come out this year. It might. It, I mean, honestly, like now that they've wrapped filming – Post-production on a television show might not take as long as a film, Mm -hmm. but a film is usually going to take about a year of post-production, maybe sometimes even longer for a large, big-budget film. You know, they might wrap up post-production in six to eight months, just depending on what work looks like for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would be surprised if it drops on Netflix this year, but we're certainly going to be getting it in the next year is my guess. So I think before March of 2021, we will probably all be watching live-action Cowboy Bebop starring John Cho from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. John Cho himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the movie. That's the film that you know him from, right? Um, the actor who played Harold and Harold and Kumar Harold is now going to play Spike Spiegel. And uh, we've also got Mustafa Shakir playing Jet, which is a really cool casting. He played Bushmaster in the Luke Cage television show, if you guys have ever seen that. And then uh, Daniela Pineda playing, playing Faye. I don't really know her very well. Um, I can't even remember off the top of my head like what her like main credit is um and then as of right now the claim is that edward has been cut from the television show completely um there was no one caught on set as an actor for the show for the series um there was no official announcement of a casting for the character some people think maybe the show won't adapt up to where they meet edward so they'll meet all the rest of the crew but they won't meet ed who knows what they're doing maybe edward was cast and for some reason they're keeping it a secret for some reason hmm. uh no or maybe they've edited the script so much that they've edwards out of the show who knows all i know is that the original creator was involved in this show and i just can't imagine the original creator of the show going like ah yeah cut edward so i just feel like it's yeah. got to be something else um because we don't know if it's like a straight anime adaptation or if it's like they're taking those characters that world and making their own kind of like original storyline yeah we don't know we know for sure that almost all of the characters that have been revealed are direct characters from the anime so they're not changing any of the characters names you know julia's involved vicious is involved those actors got mm-hmm. cast ein's involved mm-hmm. pretty much everyone we know from the series is some in some way shape or form connected except for edward we don't know anything about that and to my knowledge i don't think they revealed any like new original characters that they cast if that makes any sense like yeah. you know sometimes live action anime will be like and now a casting of Jimmy Joe Bob as uh, as Jimmy John in the new Dragon Ball Evolution. And everyone's like, who the fuck is Jimmy Joe Bob? You know, uh, I, don't know like actually, I don't know who Jimmy Joe Bob is, Jerry, but sorry. The, the example I should just gave the Death Note example when they made the new Netflix Death Note. There was a there was a character that they added and they like announced it ahead of time that this character. Would be, and they were like, who the fuck? You know, fans were like, oh, they actually made like an announcement for them. Uh-oh. Well, it was like it was like when they were announcing the cast for yeah. that movie. I remember that people going like, "Who is who? this character?" <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, mm. uh, and surprise, surprise, it was because they just wrote a new character in, mm. and that's I think that's people's biggest worries with Bebop is that it's gonna. I think in a dream world, we would get a frame for frame recreation of Bebop 
as a live action television show. It, it would yeah. be totally doable. Um, it's totally doable, I think. But I don't know if that's exact. Like when people sit down to write a live action adaptation of something, I don't know if that's what they are going for all the time. You know what? Like I don't know yeah. what you guys think, but to me, I don't think that a lot. Like when someone gets hired to write a live action, very rarely are they trying to just do a like a shot for shot reenactment. Yeah. They're usually trying to create something new. Yeah. And I think that that unfortunately is not generally what fans want. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. think it is. I I would like. Like, like for like, for example, the live action like DBZ, like basically any kind of live action anime adaptation that people have done, um, I would expect there to, to them to just do like a direct adaptation of what has already been animated, just make it right. live action, have people do it. But they do their own original spin, which isn't bad per se, but it's always been like the end result has always been bad, you know? Right. So. It's like, I can't think of an example of it successfully working when they don't just adapt the source. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I can't think of someone who was like, oh, 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 I will say, okay, live action Speed Racer movie. Probably the one time that I think some people would say that a direct shot for shot recreation just wouldn't have been very good. But what the Wachowskis did with it ended up as a palatable movie. So like fun. that's like one of the yeah it's fun cool and had the same aesthetic as speed um as speed racer so mm. yeah, there's that's like maybe one of the few examples of like it kind of working was uh, um Alita Battle speed Angel racer? good I like I, I loved Alita a lot honestly yeah. I, I loved it and it is not a shot for shot recreation either it's very close though Alita was really not the creator really did not stray too far from the original concepts. Right. So, uh, and I think that's part of what made Alita so good. Same thing with like, I mean, this is kind of a shit example because Ghost in the Shell gets like harped on a lot, mm -hmm. but some of the, the, like some of the parts of Ghost in the Shell were really cool because they were like shot for shot recreations of the, of the movie. There's literally like uh the scene where major is like on the water and Scarlett Johansson is the, you know, doing it. And there's like that whole little bit and they, they recreated it in real life. honestly, I think it's an awesome fucking scene in the movie, the live action one. Mm -hmm. Does the movie really work very well? Not, not really. They, you know, they added just enough to make it annoying, and then the whole like she's white, but then her real self was Asian, was like shoehorned in because of all the criticism they got. Yeah, I, I'm sorry if you haven't seen the live action Ghost in the Shell movie, but surprise at the end of the movie, in order to just like try to save some street cred, Scarlett Johansson's character is like. I know that my brain's in this body, but my original body was an Asian woman. And then it like flashes to like this Asian woman. Um, what? Yeah. Wait. Did you ever watch it? I, no. I haven't seen it. I just never watched it. I they did, they did not do that, Jerry. You're That's making that up. Okay. You're no, making that up. Whole, no, this is real. Pretty much the whole movie is pretty close to the original script of the, of the animated film. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's some additional stuff. Like the Geisha fight scene is like mostly its own thing. Um, but for the most part, the con the the film is a pretty good adaptation of. It. I mean, Scarlett Johansson, as much as I, I think it should have been an Asian woman, but she low key does look like the the drawing of Major. I mean, I just have to be honest. It's like, movie? yeah, like when she's got the makeup and the suit on, like she head ass looks like Scar. Like she looks Scarlett Johansson looks like Major. Mm -hmm. Okay, like I I mean I hate to say it, but like they do look similar. Um. But the shitty part is, yeah, in the last 15 minutes, 
this whole little subplot kind of starts getting developed about how like major wants to find out who she really is or who which doesn't make any sense because in the original story like major knew who she was you know what i mean like yeah uh right you know but she was like who am i for real and she like goes and like finds her her asian mom and she's like you are mine my motoko kusanagi you know and like you know there's like these whole little bits and like then like he she has to like go like recover her memories i want to say or something from like a a facility and then there's like this big ass like robot monster that like i don't think that thing was in the anime at all and uh she like fights it and like in the fight scene she's like flashing back to like when she was asian and like there's a legit asian woman playing her it's this is real this really happens in this film and uh yeah it it was it it felt like after they got criticism for scarlet's casting someone was like well fuck we're still making the movie so i don't know let's just like throw this in there maybe (laughs) disregard the entire story we've built up to this point we have to get this little thing in there just so people know that we're not racist they're like, listen, 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 listen. I know we cast Scarlett Johansson, but she was Asian all along. Makes it okay. Asian Makes it okay. Makes it okay. She was Asian all along. And she all was right. Asian all along. <laughs> so, yeah. has a character named Motoko Kusanagi. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely a white person's name. I don't know what. No. That, absolutely. <laughs> Motoko. But yeah, it's a weird movie. But uh, yeah, so we don't have a lot of great examples of truly successful uh just adaptations of anime, right? I think Speed Racer and Alita are kind of the outliers because both of them were mostly well-received with, you know, still pretty heavy. It's just hard to do. So Mm. Bebop being a live-action TV show, it gives itself the room to not be stuck in a film, right? Yeah. It can be long enough to adapt the whole show. You know, there's no reason not to. They can adapt all of Cowboy Bebop into live-action. It's only 26 episodes. Like... There's 26 yeah. 20 minute episodes. There's really not a lot of content, you know, like <laughs> which is so weird if they did cut it. Right? Right. It's it's right. such a concise storyline. It's such it's a story that that and I get it. There are some episodes of Bebop. If you've ever watched it, we've talked about this before. There are some episodes that I think some fans of the show don't think are necessary. But what they are is their their developments or their um they take characters, place them in situations, and then you get to watch them interact in those situations. It's character development yeah. outside yeah. of the prime storyline. And I get it that, like, in most shows, that's filler. But, like, for Bebop, that is a part of the flow of the story. And it's because the show was developed from the ground up to exist like that, right? Um, so each of those little moments where we see, uh, you know, Jet goes and fights the one guy, like, the I can't remember, like, in a library or something, you know... Or, yeah. like, you know, he goes to the bar by himself. Faye goes and visits her. Like, those scenes... Yeah. Faye goes are, to the mining colony or whatever. Yeah, they don't, they don't move the plot forward, but they do move the characters forward. And that's what... So that when we see them in the end game of that show, they are different people than they were in the beginning of the show, right? Yeah. And it's because the sub-experiences. And for the most part, that isn't... Like, Bleach, Naruto, we don't want to see all that shit. Because it's irrelevant unless the author put that in there, right? Right. It's like in the latest episode of Jujutsu Kaisen, spoiler alert, alert, or the one before last, not the latest one, they played baseball. And contextually, had I not known that that was in the manga, uh, I would have maybe gone into that like, oh, is this going to be filler? But no, the author utilized this scene, this, this slice of life moment to develop the characters. And that was worthwhile because now, again, they're different people than they were before they played baseball. And I like that. But uh, Bebop could be cut down, probably, 
but I'm curious how much how how accurate how thorough. I mean, I wonder what sorts of new stuff that they might add. I really think they're gonna. Add, I think I don't know what you guys think. I think they're gonna add new stuff. I think. I mean, if they do a good job and it's successful, I don't see why they would stop of just like the, the direct anime adaptation. Like, I could see them like extending the, the story and putting their own stuff in there. Whoa, honestly, David, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's kind of like, like the, if it's, it's good, like the Walking Dead. People are gonna want to yeah. keep watching it. I think about how like The Walking Dead got its first season, you know, and it was like a direct adaptation of the comic book. Now it's like time, ten, it's like ten seasons. Yeah, <laughs> it uh, overtook the comic book and essentially became its own beast. And I don't know if that's ever if that were to happen for an anime, where like it it like just ran out of content and just sort of turned into its own live action beast of a show. That that'd be really cool. Yeah, and people um, still for whatever of, reason keep watching it. And yeah, yeah, like also, I'd be re- uh, mm-hmm. very bad. That's also very possible. It, it could, could be, be very could bad. Be very bad. Could yeah, be I mean, bad. I'm I'm not gonna lie to anyone. I think the Bebop anime could or live action could probably be pretty. It's good. I I think there's like a fifty fifty shot that it's like absolutely terrible. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like borderline, it might be yeah. like really bad, guys. I've been I've been burned before. Okay, we've all yeah. seen Dragon Ball Evolution. Okay, yeah. But on that note, if this one fails, I'm worried about the other one they have planned. I'm not gonna lie. What's the other one? What's the other one they have planned, Jerry? Is it Naruto? One, no, One Piece. Uh, oh yeah, is it this, like the same? It's Netflix, right? That's doing it too. It's also Netflix. Yep, yep, and. uh to my understanding, I don't know a ton about the live-action One Piece. They've kept a lot of it under wraps, honestly. The only thing is that I did see... We, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. They cast... I believe there was an official or, like, a, a leak of the official casting of Nami. Nami really? has been cast, I think. Yeah, I think they cast Nami. But I don't know if it, it was ever announced by Netflix, but I think that the information got out. One Piece fans. One Piece fans. One. Tell me. Oh, no, 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 no. I just had audio played on my screen. I um, think the most Emily interesting Rudd? thing, though. Yeah, yeah, I think that's her. Yeah. She's what, been, to my she? understanding, she is mostly officially cast at this point. Um, I mean, she kind of looks like Nami. No, yeah, I thought so, too. I, I started, lo- I was like, honestly? I can see not it. a half bad casting choice. I, yeah, that's, a, like, that's a good casting choice. I was like, the real issue is whether or not she's a good actress. <laughs> yeah, that, that's important. <laughs> that's important. She seems, she seems mostly new, from what I could tell. That she hasn't really, she doesn't have a ton of. This will be, young, this will be her biggest thing actress. for sure. Yeah, this will be. Yeah. So, um, the only thing I know about the show is that they've cast her. The scripts for the first season are mostly finished and have only been going through rewrites. Um, and one of the main contributors of the series is a very passionate One Piece fan. He has a lot of control over the story. He's a very passionate, lifelong One Piece fan. Okay. And he even went on he went on a live stream hosted by a bunch of One Piece YouTubers a couple months ago. Hmm. He came on, he talked about the show, he talked about as much as he was allowed to, Netflix would let him. He hmm. talked about a lot of it. He seemed very passionate and very knowledgeable about the world of One Piece. So That's good. that was kind of like hopeful, right? Yeah. So honestly, the girl looks like a pretty good casting choice. The guy that's running the creative direction seems passionate about One Piece. Uh, Oda has openly, like, he posted a thing on Twitter saying that he's been meeting regularly with the team. So Oda is pretty directly involved. In I, I would, I would hope he would be. <laughs> yeah, I, and that doesn't always happen. You got to remember that a lot right. of times they don't. I mean, Toriyama 
is so disappointed in what happened with Dragon Ball Evolution. Like, oh, my God. He just wasn't involved. <laughs> they just didn't involve him in the way that they should have, and uh, that's super sad. Uh, I've just been burned before, man. I, just, I know. I know. But I think if Bebop fails, I'll be more worried about One Piece. Oh, you know goodness. what I mean? If Bebop comes out and it's middle to, to good, honestly, I think I'd have a lot, I'll have a lot more hope that One Piece yeah. has a shot, too. Um, and but if, if, it's Bebop, just, if it's just good... Yeah, if it's if good, then... not as good, I'm, I'm gonna be dabbing on people like this. I'm gonna be like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, so you, so you seen that live action Cowboy Bebop though? Oh, um, do we have any news at all about? So we don't, we don't know like when the One Piece like live action would be aired or like. No. All we know is that there's some early casting rumors, and that there's supposedly a script that's mostly finished for a season one, um, and that there's some early pre-production steps that have been taken. Uh, but that mm. information is probably about two or three months old at this point. So I don't know how much further along we are now. They aren't making a lot of uh, public announcements about it. Um, other than some, again, Oda made a statement, I think, two or three months ago about it, saying that it's moving along fine. Um, so who knows? But to my knowledge, that we don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rumors that Cole Sprouse is going to be cast as Sanji. That's like a really, like, <laughs> resounding rumor. Because here's the deal. What? What? The rumor, the rumor is getting like re brought up because of what Emily, the Emily girl did. Emily, what was her name? Emily, Emily Rudd. Rudd. Exactly. Um, exactly. Pretty much Emily Rudd, like before officially announcing it or whatever, there was like, she had like changed her profile picture to like a picture of Nami on Instagram and like stuff like that. And if you didn't know, Cole Sprouse, Sprouse has had his picture as Sanji on Instagram for like months. He like keeps changing his picture to Sanji and like changing it off. And he doesn't know. I don't know if like it's him teasing trolling. people. Yeah, is he trolling or is maybe he's secretly behind the scenes? Maybe he's actually going through the audition process and he's really vying to try to get the role. Um, he's openly talked about being a fan of One Piece. He's posted a really convincing like Sanji like cosplay. Cost. It's not a cosplay, but it was like a very Sanji style type of uh, photo shoot that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, so I can of- see it. I can see it. I don't think it's a terrible casting choice at all. Actually, I think it's like a pretty damn good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he likes the show, especially like. Yeah, Cole seems like he could nail Sanji. He's got the long blonde hair. He's got kind of like snarky. If you've seen him as Jughead, I guess he's kind of got the snark down. Hmm. Um, I think he'd have to kind of. He'd probably have to like. What's the word? His physique would have to change a little bit. Yeah. But he's kind of got the look, honestly. Um, I, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, at the end of the day. But those are the only two rumors that have, uh, yeah, Cole may or may not have anything. He honestly might be completely uninvolved and just is mm-hmm. trying to rally for it. Or can you know, Donald Glover wanted to be Spider Man, but that shit didn't work out. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for a world where anime adaptations into movies will be treated with the same like level of love and money as like Marvel. Like, could you oh, imagine awesome. like? Like that'd DBZ so awesome, with that type of like control and just like Bro, that'd be passion put into it, that would be crazy. I'm here for it. That'd be crazy. I'm here for it. How about the sh- the weekly Shonen Jump movie universe, dude? Um, with crossovers and everything. <laughs> that'd be insane. Wait, it starts with first versus Dragon Ball, then it's One Piece, then Bleach and Naruto, and then Dragon Ball, One Piece, Bleach, Naruto, the movie. No. I'm surprised they haven't done any live ad- adaptations of Naruto. Now that I think about it. That's true. Because Bleach why. has one. One Piece is going to get one. DBZ yep. has one. Yep. 
Yeah. And then for Naruto. You've got I mean you've got Death Note with live action, Full Metal has a live action, uh Attack on Titan has a live action, mm-hmm. uh, JoJo's has a live action. Yeah. Um they've done a lot of adaptations of popular shonen. I'm surprised Naruto's never gotten one either. Wait, Attack on Titan uh, has a live action? Yeah, a Japanese one. Yeah, there's a ton of Japanese live action. Yeah, Japan loves to make live action anime movies. Um yeah. Gintama has a really funny live action movie actually. A pretty if people consider it one of the better like Japanese uh, live actions. Gintama. So we actually we missed uh, one more show. Uh, let me see here. That is going to be pull it up, Kenny. What yeah, is it? Yeah, what is it, Kenny? It's called a vampire. <laughs> no, 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 Kenny. I saw I saw the volumes today, and I almost bought them all. I almost no. bought them all. Nick, he, needs the, he needs the Vampire Night collection, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. I need it. All we talk about is Vampire Night. <laughs> Cole Sprouse to play Vampire Night in the Vampire Night live action. Um, we're just we're here to to talk about weird three guys that love Vampire Night. And three Vampire one. Night fans, dude. Three, three dudes. Fans. Yeah. love Vampire Night so much. If you don't love Vampire so, Night, that's something you need to fix right now. Go watch it all. Right, yeah. Go all, watch all streaming Night. on on Hulu. Someone call us Nighters. Nighters, we're little Nighters. Um, yeah, we're nighters. Hey, Kenny, uh, Kenny, I don't like I don't like the way you say that, man. <laughs> okay, let's work. All right, so are you boys ready to talk about? Is it time to talk about High Rise Invasion? The, I think it is probably the boys, best show I've seen all year. Yeah, pretty much. I've waited all year to watch this show. I mean, this is the show like blew well, my mind. Just so good. Um, I've been watching a lot of anime, but okay. All right, Kenny, kick us in, man. Okay. High Rise Invasion. What is the basic premise of High Rise Invasion? What's our High Rise Invasion opens where our main character Yuri Hanjo is transported to this world where one, they're on top of all of these skyscrapers connected by. <laughs> They're, they are kind of brought to another world. Basically. Uh, but also, like, it's just, like, a ton of skyscrapers, so, like, it could just be, you know, a city. Um, it's not very clear. Uh, and she's brought to a world where all these skyscrapers are connected by by bridges, and there are these masked people going around, not trying to kill you per se, but to get you to show despair and kill yourself by jumping off the buildings. Yep. Um and slowly, well, first she finds out that one, her brother's there. Her phone works only to call somebody else that's also there. And she calls her brother. And he's like, okay, let's meet up. And then she sort of, yeah. I mean, that's the basic premise of the show. She's yeah. trying to avoid dying from these sort of superhuman masked individuals. And you actually quickly find out that masked individuals just found masks and put them on. And they sort of rewire your brain to make you the wolves. It, if this is this sort of like werewolves and sheep type game, the wolves are hunting the sheep, and that's sort of yeah. it. And it's in the manga, it's much more survival horror esque. Yuri is sort of this survival horror hero. Don't get uh, ahead of yourself, Kitty. This is a not at all that. This is not yeah. a survival horror show. <laughs> I think that, that that's the theming in the outset, I guess. This whole show has three major themes panty shots. Exploding heads and girls who like girls. God damn it! That's all this show's about. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I've I've seen so many like I've seen panty shots in anime, but it's usually like you know like the focus of the scene of whatever's happening. It's like oh panty shot. This show had so many just subtle panty shots. Like 
Yuri's just walking, <laughs> and all of a sudden her skirt just like goes up for like like a few like cuts, like a, Honestly, a few frames of just panty. Like my what? Why? Favorite, my favorite full-on panty shot of the show came in the last episode <laughs> when Yuri jumps in to save uh, Nisei. Nisei is that her name? Nisei. Um, Nisei. Uh, she, she jumps in to save her. Double whacks the dude in the head like this. Yeah. And as she's falling down, her skirt goes completely inverse, and she just full moons Nisei like right in the face, dude. Like just. <laughs> That's a throwback to earlier whenever Yuri saved Nisei whenever she didn't know. And obviously, Nisei recognized Yuri by her panties. By her panties. Yeah. Stripes, Yuri. Yep. Oh, I remember wearing stripes. Nisei wears stripes, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stripe. Yeah, Nise, yeah. Nisei is a striped panty, yep. I just got, okay, I mean, oh, okay, let's break it down, boys. Let's let's at least try to break this series down into components here. So, okay, um, we'll start with some simple stuff. Music. How did we feel about the music in the show? I really liked the music in the show, actually. The ending song was dope. I liked some of the the interstitial music. The yeah, Sniper's theme was cool. I was uh, impressed that the the the, sh- the characters had like consistent yeah. musical themes. Like there were mm-hmm. things that they would do with them. Um, so I thought the music direction was better than I expected. Although I will admit, by the twelfth episode, some of the themes were so overused. Yeah. That I think I started to like get a little thrown out of it when I was like, I'd hear one come on and I'd be like, Are they really playing that song again right now? Like, yeah. um, so I don't know if the soundtrack was just limited, but I actually felt like the the music itself was pretty well done yeah. overall in the use of music. I don't know. I'm yeah, not. Gonna, I have to agree. I, I'm not gonna lie. I slept on all the music. I while watching this show, I literally fell asleep three times. Um, and just like music aside, uh, I like like. The, the opening, the first time I heard it, I was like, all right, this is, like, giving me, like, um, it made me think of uh, Akadama Drive. I was like, okay, it's, like, a nice little rock opening. It's pretty good. And then yeah. after a few episodes, I was like, okay, I'm skipping this every time. Um, the <laughs> ending song, like, though, ending song slapped, and I, I listened to it every single time. Yeah. Skippable Netflix. intro, definitely a better ending song when it came to Netflix, the Netflix. Netflix hoes you. The next episode plays like so like, fast. It's so fast. I was like, like, like wait, stop. I always was like, oh shit, I want to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm here clicking the button, like trying to get my controller back on. Like, you bitch. Like, yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't know why Netflix does that. Yeah, no, and then by the time I got the controller on, it's just time to skip the opening again. So, yeah. Yeah. But music wise, the show did, did it didn't do anything spectacular. But it definitely didn't uh, completely fail in that aspect. Yeah. So I think the next thing we should majorly talk about that I think is it. Let's just talk about um, animation in general. The animation. Let's talk Ooh. about these easy components so that we can Ooh. finally get into like the story. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's talk about animation. What do we think about this show's animation? I think the show was so feast or famine, right? Some of the kinetic stuff in some of the battles, very cool. Like whenever, uh, whenever Archangel flicks the like, flicks the bullet, like, wow, that was fucking awesome! Right through Doctor's neck, dude. I actually dug that. Yeah. And then, it, and then we get a scene where Yuri's like wriggling around because she's excited about seeing her brother, and you're like, uh, everybody looks like fucking. Oh, dude, that was hot, dude. No, what are you talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, that was hot. Yeah, it was just because it was hot. Dude. I'm not gonna lie. I felt like I felt like there were some good because okay, so there were like a lot of like little mini fights throughout this 12 episode series. Um, and some of them were animated well. Um, I feel like a majority of them were, it was like so, so choppy and so 
like yeah, the way like there's like fast action happening but the way that's an- animated it looks like everything's in slow motion mm. and so i was like I- i'm not digging this this is- this doesn't look like it's it- it's doing a good job i think where it would surprise me i i don't know exactly how to explain this because i'm obviously not an animator but mm. um and you guys tell me what you think about this but generally there are two components of like anime right you you have the art of the show and then you have the actual animation of it right and like if you look at a show like seven deadly sins the latest the season that we, we've talked about before the bigger issue was more of the art so characters were what they call off model they didn't look mm-hmm. like themselves in a lot of shots um you know that was like a consistent issue with that season the animation itself wasn't particularly particular it was bad in a lot of shots but it wasn't particularly horrible because there was still a lot of great in-betweens uh, is what they call it, where it's the shots between two keyframes. And uh, if you do any like study of animation, you know the way that it works is you essentially do the starting frame and the ending frame, because those are on screen the most, and then you, you create in-between frames between them. And uh, the more in-between frames you have, the smoother the animation is going to look, so on and so forth. But obviously, if you are a lower-budget studio, mm-hmm. you can only pay X amount to get a guy to make X number of in-betweens, because usually you pay... What I've learned recently is that you actually pay by the frame. So, like, the animator mm. gets paid for every frame they draw, not for how long it takes them to draw the frames. So that means if oh. you're working for a, a lower-budget studio and they're trying to pay it on a low budget, they're going to ask for less frames. Um, so I think the issue with this show wasn't actually the artwork. I think that most of the time, the characters yeah. looked on model and usually looked pretty well-drawn. The issue was the lack of frames. It, yep, it was like the, I agree. The, the word you use the word choppy, David, and I, I noticed it a lot where it was just like there wasn't enough fluidity in the in the movements. Things were kind of static. Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, because of that, you got a lot of weird like effects moments too. Like when someone got their head chopped off, like so the blood splatter effect was just like ridiculous because they just didn't want to make in between. They didn't want to make in between frames. They wanted to make like one shot of headless yep. man and then just like fucking hit it with cut. Just like. Bruh, bruh, bruh. You know, and so you got a lot of those shots, but I actually thought the artwork looked mo- like pretty good. The most art, of the, time. the art seemed was, fine. I didn't feel like characters were showing up off model. I felt like for the most part, we were getting pretty on model shots. Uh, we just weren't getting a lot of those like nice, fluid, well drawn, multiple frame animations. So you're we getting just lower frames um, per shot. It reminded me of like an early 2000 anime. Like David, did you ever watch the Gaunt's anime? Kenny, I don't remember if you watched yeah. it either, but. That for some reason it kept reminding me of the the two thousand Gaunt's anime because like that show is like kind of the dawn of like uh, digital animation. It's yeah. kind of when that started, and uh, this kind of felt like that, like a show that was it, it like it's a little behind the times. Like yeah, it just doesn't feel as as uh, it feels like something from the two thousands, like it, the earlier. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. It definitely felt like an early two thousands anime. Yeah, it, it's kind of it made it difficult too because like the setting of this whole story is like they're it's called high rise invasion so they're on high rises they're on buildings the entire time mm-hmm. and so the background is literally just buildings like no buildings. greenery no like nothing. nothing it's just the sky and buildings mm-hmm. and so like there's not really like in terms of i think it's so it made the animation that stand out that much more because the art itself there's not really like a whole lot of art happening it's just the characters and buildings so yep. <laughs> that extra focus on the animation, just like, you know, you would want the animation to be done well. And the fact that it wasn't, it's like it, yeah, was, was very, yeah. various upsetting. Right. But yeah, Kenny, what do you, any other thoughts on it? 
Yeah, I think that that's sort of the story of the show, right? That is, it feels like, it feels like we just, like everything was sort of cut together and like, I don't know. Yeah, there's just like, it just feels like it's just almost there. Like it could have been much better. Mm-hmm. And it feels that way. Like if, if it had, you know, maybe had more money, if it had been done by a different animation studio, if they had, you know, I don't know, been more solid in their theming. I, I think, you know, it for the animation, it just was like, some of it was cool. Some of it was like gross. Like that, mm-hmm. like, like some of it, I was like, oh, this is dope. And some of it, I was like, what am I watching? Mm-hmm. You know? It obviously nothing's about as bad as XR. Okay. Nothing as bad yeah, as XR. This is not even in the realm of XR. I mean, this, I this, yeah, this, this is like a solid anime. Yeah, but it has flashes of maybe something that it could have been. Damn, that's yeah, true. The, there the, were definitely a couple of shots that I I actually thought did did pretty well. I remember yeah, a couple yeah. of shots where I'd feel like, oh, this actually feels more modern. This feels a little more adjusted. Um, and then I'd I'd kind of go back to what it was doing before. Yuri's battle uh, in the rain. I thought the whole fight at the end of the last season was actually pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. But um, with the whatever he was like, that, bling, with Archangel or whatever his name was, was that his name? Yeah. Great Angel. I think they were calling uh, Grand him Angel? Angel. I can't remember. But they call him Archangel, or it's translated Archangel in the manga. So mm. I think it was Archangel in the anime too. I just don't know if it was like said out loud. Right. I think they I said it a few the, times, that, but that was about okay, it. Okay. Yeah. But okay, so the, the, and um, real quick, the animation was done by Zero G Studio. Um, oh, what are they? What are they known for, David? Um, they are known for Gr- Grand Blue. Oh, uh, like, I thought they did fine. My that. roommate is a cat. Yeah. Science fell in mm-hmm. love, so I tried to prove it. I've heard of that. Um, more recent I ones. Um, oh, they're animating something that's going to be released in spring called House Spirit. Tommy Chan. Interesting. Probably not. It's a, it's a we'll it's original. Videos. So we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so they don't really have a like not a. It's not that they have a bad track record. They just don't have like a very prolific track. Yeah, record. Much of a track record. Really. Not not much yeah. to go. Off I mean, of. their total like list of work is like uh like fifteen. Like, like okay, fifteen. So yeah, not much. Very interesting. So then, yeah, I mean, maybe this is definitely one of those projects where they just you know. They didn't really have the probably the support and uh, direction that you maybe would need to pull off something like this. But um, before we jump into the technical aspects, like the story and the pacing, which will kind of be what we we cap on, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going to have a lot to say, I think, about the story. Um, But uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ, Uh, the only other aspect I do want to mention is something that Kenny brought up. And Kenny, I want you to elaborate a little bit uh, because we talked about it briefly. But uh, it felt like the direction was a little bit wonky in this show. And I'm not sure who the actual director of the show was, the head director. But it seems like uh, because of the direction, some of the tone was uh, a bit uh, – jo- it, w- it was a little jostly, right? Like kind of felt like you were being tossed around a little bit, uh, which doesn't always – it doesn't always fail. You can have a show that has lighthearted comedy moments and serious action moments – and have yeah. them placed next to each other and at work. But a lot of times these, these this show was shifting between some of those tones so quickly that there wasn't really any time to adjust your expectations. And then on top of that, you were having just lots of like uh, 
even the moments when you were supposed to feel tense or supposed to feel um, the survival horror aspect of the show. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of my favorite moments that I felt that they accomplished that tone was actually the first scene that we see. I think it was when we first see Rika and yeah. uh, he is getting chased by the baseball mask. Um, that was one of the ones where I felt like the tone made like, I felt like that was the way that that was presented in the manga. That's, you know what I mean? Like it felt like there was a, a level of desperation that the characters were trying to move through it. Maybe the way that it was animated, they felt a little, they used some darker coloring. Mm-hmm. They were in a darker, smaller space. They used directing to just, uh, to make that point known. But then when I think about, um, uh, Nisei versus the, like the butcher mask, right. Um, which to me should have been a very tense moment, right? Nisei's been cornered. She's been chunked over the side of a building. She kicks in through a window. Uh, Butcher Mask chases her in, proclaims that he is in control of himself. Um, it just felt goofy, I guess, to me, like that moment. And I didn't feel like that tense about Nisei being in trouble. And then my girl, uh, uh, Yuri, Yuri, Yuri hangs upside down and all of her clothes like fly down. <laughs> Like she like uses her clothes as like a rope, to, like yeah. hang up her sog, bro. Her sog, mostly naked at that point, and she's like, fucking shoots the the chef mask or whatever. There was just the whole team. That whole scene just didn't feel consistent tonally, and uh, so sometimes the show accomplished it, sometimes it didn't, and that was one of the major issues. Other than the fact that the story which i'll get into we'll get into the major issue felt like it was a directorial choice there was just some direction i'm not usually that big of a harper on direction i think that a director of an anime can really uh we we don't really talk about it that much because mostly an anime comes up with a visual style or feel and the director carries that through the whole show Uh, if you look at a show like the great pretender uh, no one would question that that has an idea of what its tone was right Mm -hmm. so this is just one of the first shows that we've talked about that wasn't just like exasperatingly bad, like tower of God. This is one of the first shows we talked about here on the podcast that I felt director really played a a part in the enjoyment of the show. But Kenny, I know you talked about it too a little bit. I just, yeah, it, it feels like instead of because, okay, first of all, this show adapted 150 chapters. Yeah. Well, (laughs) we're not talking about pacing yet, but there's a pacing point there. (laughs) And instead of what you would think would get lost is some of the the boring, I don't know, sort of the, the goofy, etchy shit. And yet somehow it feels like every single goofy, etchy moment made it into the show, right? In all 150 chapters, every single goofy, etchy moment made it in. That was me. Right? But, you're, was but Kenny, they're important to the story, though. Like, um, man, yeah, I, I, need, I need those moments to understand the, the plot. Kenny, if oh. I didn't see uh, Yuri fucking taking a bath completely naked, holding her tits, dude, how could I ever know? If I didn't yeah. see Yuri trying to hug Nisei and like trying to wedge her leg right in between her crotch, then how? Give her a little crotch. Rub. Getting a little, come cr- on, cr- little crotch rub. Come on, Kenny. Come on, Kenny. I think the Rika moment sort of had the the same tone is because he doesn't have the bullshit etchy portions, right? He doesn't have that stuff. And so, like, it sort of maintained its tone. I don't. I don't know. I, no. Uh, yeah, it, Rika had much better consistent. I mean, there were. I mean, think about like that weird 
girl with her like t-shirt tied up that's on Rika's team right now and like um the uh the prison guard mask that kind of like that ends up being the little kid's mom um the, those gr- those were in Rika's storyline and they were pretty etchy is the word i would use mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i still think that overall the tone yeah it, it, instead of you know Okay, I I just was scrolling through the manga to see how much how much clothes she takes off. First of all, I think her her boobs are smaller. Yeah, I saw. I, I noticed like that, that too. Was... No way. The they main just... character. The main character's boobs yeah. are small in the manga. She's supposed to have massive tits. I saw the anime. Damn it. They're not like I don't know. They're they're not anime ridiculous huge. And I think that's how they are. In the anime, they, they were anime ridiculous huge. Just I mean, yeah. If you haven't watched, she was, it yet, she was like thick. Podcast, well, I, not like, like thick, but she no, like she had like thighs. She had an ass. Big big booty and massive titties for this anime. Um, okay, <laughs> so Kitty's so like downloading like what? Kitty, what? Okay, <laughs> what? Let's what? get into the let's get into this <laughs> idea of pacing. Let's get into that. All right, pacing. we have to talk about it. Kenny, you mentioned it. Um, 150 chapters in 12 150 episodes. 150 chapters in 12 episodes. So obviously, a ton of stuff gets left out, right? Like yeah. an immense of uh, a lot of stuff happens with Rika and the other the other. Say like, that team. number again, Kenny. How many how many chapters per episode does that make it? Didn't we do the math earlier? Like 12, 12 chapters oh, an yeah. episode, I think. Yeah, it's 12 like a 12 chapter. chapter an episode pace. So you got to think that's like that's fuck. If it's like 18 pages per chapter, yeah. That is an immense amount of pages. And to, I don't know, for it to be not such fluid animation, like, I can understand if there was, like, like in One Punch Man, he he does some chapters where it's like, okay, that chapter was 30 seconds, right? That chapter was 30 seconds of an anime. It, mm. And I don't think that that, that's not the, you know, not everybody draws like Yusuke Murata does. Uh-huh. And this is totally bog standard manga, I feel like. It's a... It's a good manga, but it's like it's just standard. It's so like it's not like this crazy phonetically drawn manga, and so it just like I don't know. It just to adapt 150 chapters in 12 episodes, and then yeah, it feels like they leave out a ton of like main story elements. Right. To and I think the- that explains. There was one part of the show that I kept wondering what was going on. And that, like, you would clip away to different groups of these survivors, and new characters would just be with the groups. Like, yes. whole new characters <laughs> would show up. Um, the groups would just have entirely different rosters every time you'd see them. Yeah. Um, they'd all be in, like, whole new locations, whole new motivations. The only group that we really focused on was Yuri's group yeah. the most. And I'm sure that that was probably the intent is, like, if we're going to adapt 150 chapters, we need to pick one story and stick to it. And they were probably like, hey, let's mostly get Yuri and Nisei's story out um, in but, this while using the other ones as uh, less linear. But yeah. you, you can't leave them out because obviously we learned by the end of the show that Rika and Yuri's storylines have to collide. And if yeah. you're not showing Rika's, y- you lose like pretty much the entire uh, the uh, what's the word? The antagonist of the series is pretty much completely seated in Rika's Rika. storyline. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can't adapt Yuri, so it seems like halfway through the show they realize that, and then that's when you start getting Rika cutaways, and you're like, yeah. oh shit! And it like starts to give you a little bit, so you finally get Aizawa or whatever. It was on like episode eight, I think, when he got revealed. Yeah. Uh, eight yeah. or nine. You find it was named Aizawa, Aizawa, something like Aizawa. I think. Yeah. 
I thought it was Aikawa, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's something like I I think uh, people were calling him I was I John yeah they were yeah. Uh, Master I guy okay I don't like him yeah so. he is the he he by by the end of the series you realize he's the main the primary antagonist of the show right, because right. the show starts I mean early on there were like small antagonists introduced you know like first the doctor is like presented as an antagonist and then like sniper mask um, is like your sniper mask is an antagonist yeah like these are small antagonists but then it sh- it just immediately will like swipe those out of the way we'll get another antagonist we'll grow into the next one um and then we land on uh this but man let's jerry so the pacing was break the, yeah, the, the pacing, pacing was breakneck speeds right yeah. but i will admit the one thing i got to give it props for if you had not told me each episode was adapting 12 chapters i would have never fucking guessed so yeah. the story still felt you know how like when tower of god adapted a bunch of shit really fast and yeah. the story became incoherent. Mm-hmm. This story was simple enough that even with <laughs> shit cut out, you pretty much still got yeah. what's going on. Yeah. I, I never, I never once was like, "Well, this is too fucking confusing," or like, "This is dumb." I was always like, "Okay, great. Masks, evil. DNA code, got it. Yuri wants to be god of the realm so that she can get out peacefully. Aikawa, exact opposite, wants to purge humanity." Thinks this is some chosen test. Okay, got it's it. It's still like Wait. so absurd, though. Like, oh, it was oh, like in terms of like like pacing, like pacing, like from episode to episode, it was like fine, like easy to follow. But right. when you but right. while you're watching, you're like, okay, she's transported to this world. These people with masks are trying to kill people that aren't wearing masks. Oh, yeah. you can control the masks like they're Pokemon. Okay, cool. Oh, you become a god in this realm. Okay, um. All right, let's 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 try to be God then. It just and that, that was like all over the span of like the first five episodes of like, yeah. oh, you can control mask. So, oh, there's God the candidates. Moment, the moment I realized that this story was going off the rails was pretty much uh, in episode two, uh, <laughs> when I realized like, oh no, this is not what I thought it was. Essentially, you know, in episode one, I thought it was going to be pure survival. I was thinking, I immediately thought that this was going to be like high school of the dead but masks you know i thought that each situation was going to be presented as like okay so this group of humans is trying to outlive this group of masks Mm -hmm. they're going to get into small um situations based off the strength speeds or skills of each mask and they're gonna have to find unique ways to beat their way out of it and accomplish some end goal which is either going to be escaping this world of high rises or it's going to be um, eliminating the world. That was my assumption going in. By episode two, I said, I, I realized that I was wrong, that that's not what this show's about at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is a whole different show. This is this is actually a show about sci-fi tech, gods, superpowers, uh, second dimensions, alternate worlds, um, all sorts of crazy shit. So... Mind control, I think, is in play. Yep. There's a theme of like, you know, you can't control yourself. That is kind of like a, a ever present theme of like, uh, just c- control is kind of a theme of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, that I did not expect at all. Like, I was not ready for that. I thought, yeah, I was not ready for it at all. But yeah, I'd say around episode two, you start to realize, oh, did, did anyone else get the feeling that Yuri was like quick to kill people? It was like yeah. like middle to end of episode one. She's like, these masks are hunting me, and like she's like scared, and she doesn't and know what to do. And then she's instantly like, I'm gonna kill these people. 
and she's like shooting like she's shooting people without even second thought she knows how to work guns she's a high school student i i don't know there yeah, was like a lot of things i was like i think it's kind of story i think yuri was actually like that's one of the things that she's good at right she had fired guns before like she was a semi-talented gun shooter and yeah, that's I'm- hardly she's like oh like nisei has that throwaway line that's like oh yours a good shot yeah um, that- she I like she says this- like oh yeah i'm a natural yeah, yeah, I think Yuri said I, that. I actually, Yuri mulls over like that. That's just it. Yuri being able to pull the trigger is something that takes a long time. And you got to think like three episodes in, you're like 35 chapters into the manga. So that's true. Imagine you are 35 weeks into this this story that you're reading, and Yuri's, you know, Yuri can finally shoot someone, and she feels okay doing that. And I think that in the early part, she really just can't do it. And then in the manga, there's a. There are constantly shots of this is Danny. back your point no back on your point uh, Jerry how you know the story with Yuri has to meet up with with Rika it has to and there's like a clear sort of understanding throughout the manga you sort of start to be aware of the map of these skyscrapers and bridges because there are only a certain amount of bridges bro no between. way yeah and so that's why in the beginning actually there are three stories. There's Sniper Mask and Kuon, Yuri and Nisei, and then Rika and his his little crew. Rika mm. and Okihara, who mm. Okihara hardly has five lines in the show. You know, the, is that the guy with the two parts in the thing back? The God Candidate? Yeah. He's no, no, no. He's got the uh, the helmet. Oh, but what also, the fuck? Also, that the guy? other God Candidate is absolutely a main character. And the he, helmet guy is relevant. Yeah, he's like Rika's sidekick. How Yo, each of the He's like Rika's sidekick. We saw that man like maybe three. I thought it was a girl when I first saw him. Honestly, yeah, and then the dude, the dude with the eye wrapping. You see how he gets that eye wrapping? Like didn't have that. Yep, I was wondering about that. Rika has a whole crew, like a whole team, and he he's like uh. strong or whatever, and so he slowly builds up this team. And um, so in the beginning, you're first trying to connect Nisei and Nisei and Yuri with Kuon and Sniper Mask. And you kind of see them going to different buildings, and each building is distinctive, and you sort of are like, oh, they're getting close to each other. It's kind of like more clear. Mm-hmm. that, And the, the mapping of it, and that's why whenever uh, Aikawa later on is like, oh, they're coming from the east or the west, you sort of have a vague idea where these sort of buildings and groups of people are at. Mm-hmm. And so that, I don't know, that helps in sort of having these stories collide where you know they're progressing through different buildings to try and all come together and yeah right. but i mean kuon and sniper mask meet up almost immediately um they have their they have, mm-hmm. they have a much longer story i mean that happens Seven. in what episode two or three i mean it happens pretty fast yeah yeah after they fight sniper mask sniper mask yeah i have um, a question about so let's uh, let's start ripping the story apart a little bit here um, yeah, let's see what we can decipher, boys, from what we watch. So, let's, let's try. First off, th- this story does something that I, I, I felt was a little painful, and it's essentially that each time that they solve a mystery, there was like another mystery in the answer of the new mystery. So it's like the moment a mystery was solved, there was like a new that that answer was the next like mystery. You know, it was like. It was like, oh, the masks make people into 
puppets that are controlled by oh they're controlled by other people that are turned into this power by other masks that you find in the you know what i mean like each was like this weird elevator step up okay Mm -hmm. first off how the fuck does sniper mask like turn it off it's cracked it's a it's a defect you see that you see that little tiny crack jerry that means he that means he kind of has guys there were so many moments where other characters had their masks cracked, destroyed, messed with, <laughs> all this stuff. That crack is fucking irrelevant. There was something else there. I don't know if that's something that maybe gets revealed later. I I can't genuinely be convinced that that is the reason why he started to regain consciousness. Because, it, and not just that, the speed at which his consciousness starts to regain was like breakneck. And I, I get now because they were adapting so many chapters so quickly. But yeah. it was like it was like one episode I can I can think in my head. Next episode I can move my whole entire body. Uh the next episode, totally he just do what he wanted. Yeah. He was just totally free reign. <laughs> At this point, go on, come with me. We're gonna go chase down the two girls that tried to grenade my ass and let's uh let's go make sure that you meet up with them. Um and then he was like worried that he would like kill them. So he like hid and like the next episode he like talks to them. It's like there was never even a connection of like, did he is he regaining more conscious? It, I think that the beginning half was supposed to imply to us he's slowly regaining control. Right. But then after yeah. the first couple episodes, it never shows us that control be regained, except for the fact that he just is slowly doing more and more. Twelve chapters and you're an like, episode, oh, Jerry. Oh, oh, sniper it, man. It can shows, do this. Yeah. It shows that scene where he passes another right after he gets grenaded. It shows that scene where he passes by another mask and the mask attacks him, and he doesn't understand why. That uh, that was like uh, he did that like three or four. He had to like fight other masks for a while. Like he was mm. he was like confused, and then he was like, why? you know, like why? Like, why he was I still he was still hunting god candidates up until like he was with Kuon. Yeah, but like then he just stopped doing that. He just didn't explain. Like he just didn't have to hunt. Or yeah, like he just stopped. It just stopped. He just was like totally ah oh, shit, Kenny. <laughs> um, but no, I just I, I'm not saying that Cyber Mask. Cyber Mask is probably my favorite character in some ways. Yeah. But like, and I like that he, I guess, is actually just a normal. You know, later we find out he's actually just a person who was summoned there, just like all of them. Mm-hmm. And a ma- a of you know one of the masks was placed onto him. Right. We learn later that that's the case. Um, by a and that Rita, by big boobied cop girl, right? Yeah, big, big booby prison warden girl, whatever the fuck, prison warden mask. Prison I don't warden know what Um, cop mask. I don't know what to call. It. They all had such silly Pokemon names. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought uh my least favorite one was I think they just called her China mask. Yeah, she was wearing like a China Chinese like traditional dress. dress. And I was like, yo, wait yeah, a second. Yeah, I I, I wasn't agreeing with that one. I was like, wait. <laughs> I was like, well, that's, just, like, that's just China mask now? <laughs> it pretty quickly, like, establishes that some of them, after they get controlled, like, can talk. And she was obviously sending messages to him. And they may not know their names, but, like, some of them did, right? Yeah. Kuzakabe yeah. knew her name. Uh, we learned Sniper Mask's name by the end of the show. Yeah. You, Takano you, or something. Yeah. You, yeah. 
And I so, guess, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the way that I interpreted the scene where Nisei and Kuon went inside, he's fully not controlled anymore, right? Like, yeah. In the last episode, like that scene was them breaking him completely out of the mask's control. I, I think. Because honestly, in the last episode, he was a hundred percent conscious. Like mm-hmm. he was making his own moves. He was doing whatever the fuck he wanted. Right. Like he seemed like he was essentially on the same level as Nisei, and that like yeah. Nisei is also a mask. But uh, uh, yeah, she had to, and I, I guess she also had to delete the mask persona out of her body to like. I don't get how that made her stronger. I, that made no sense to me. That made no sense to me. I was like, I thought, I thought that was what made her stronger and strong in the first place. Yeah, I was so confused. I was like, what? I was like, deleting. I was like, is this thing still haunting her? Didn't we not talk about this? Like, we've been talking about this in like six episodes, right? Yeah. Like, the thing is also, why her. did why did the ghost thing have red underwear? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Kenny, <laughs> I just was constantly like, and I think that's where the show really started to lose me. Is that like the more and more it became like a a sci fi, you know, it, it turned into kind of like a shonen battle manga to some extent, like. There were just like yeah. full blown like power fights where they yeah. like leveled up and and like I mean fucking Yuri in the back after she being god candidate was like she like full blown like ha Yeah, she powered up she <laughs> Super Saiyan powered up. Yeah, and I was like, what's going on? I was yeah, like here, wait, here's a here, let me send you guys a picture of this. Oh Lord. But yeah, so uh, I think that's where the story started to lose me, is that the further and further it strayed from the premise, I started just go like why like why like why are we going this direction like mm-hmm. why why are there god candidates now and what is this and I, i'll admit there's enough questions that like i i'm kind of interested like i kind of want to see the end because right. there, you know there's 100 chapters left unadapted which i guess of, could just be four episodes yeah they'll just get through <laughs> it real quick you know but i mean that's about enough you know if they did 150 and 12 maybe they do another 12 episode season and, and they slow it down a little bit but mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> you know, instead of twelve epi- twelve chapters an episode, it'll only be I don't know eight chapters an episode. Um, Here's what I was talking about, though. See how they constantly would do shots like this, where that's a two page spread. Did you send it into uh into the King Weebs only? Mm. Okay, 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 okay. Um, that's a two page spread, only? and it would just it would clearly and there were distinguishing buildings. Obviously, the big railgun laser building, but there were mm. other buildings that were distinguishable. And so you could well, kind of, yeah. you could kind of understand where our characters are mm. right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's my question, Kenny. Compared to the manga, because obviously this was a popular manga, it lasted for 250 chapters. You know, you yeah. don't get 250 chapters if you are not moderately successful. That's honestly. like six years. So that's a long ass time to be yeah. making a manga. Yeah, like, um, and obviously it's popular enough to get adapted into an anime. This is a pretty long. But I just and here's the deal. The best way I can describe it is that like the story was was bad. I mean, I just don't know any other way to put it. Like the story that we got presented in the anime was just it was just kind of bad. Um, yeah. but it was so bad that I kind of liked it. Does it make it like it was so? It was like a good trash anime. Yeah, it was like so stupid. <laughs> That I constantly saw myself going like, I want to watch more of this. I want to see another guy get his head cut off. I want to know why these god candidates are selected to be in this realm. I want to know why Aikawa is such a fucking weirdo. Like, I was constantly going like, this is stupid, but I kind of like it. But I'm enjoying this. 
It was um, a, okay. This is something funny. Rika in one of the episodes says uh, he's talking to Swimmer Mask whenever he's getting like carried in. He's like, "Are you older than me?" And Swimmer Mask is like, and Rika was like, "Well, I'll go ahead and use polite language." And, and Rika has that quirk. He constantly asks characters like, "How old are you?" Mm. And they're like, oh, I'm this old. And he's like, okay, I'll make sure I use polite language. And it's like, it's like Rika has a handful of, of goofy quirks that don't come out. And I feel like Yuri does as well. Like, they have these sort of, I don't know, the characters are interesting in the manga. Mm-hmm. It feels like, or like, like <clears throat> Sniper Mask is afraid of heights. Yeah. And that's oh, that like, came that, out in the end. They came that out. That came yeah. out. But it, it's like a constant thing where he's like, I don't like being on these buildings. This is terrifying to me. Like, yeah, I feel like, and I think that's why I like Sniper the most is that like Yuri and Rika kind of got boiled down to just their their elements of their character that advanced the plot because they had yeah. to, be, right? Mm. But Sniper was the one character that got lots of on screen development that were just like, who am I? What am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And I, because of that, we learned a lot more about him. Um, then yeah. I mean, we got flat like his internal monologue with himself, and like just between that and like the you know, Nisei and uh, Kuhn going inside of his, like, past world that he lived in, like, Sniper Mask might be the most well-developed character in the show for no reason. Um, yeah. Even the way that he, like, interacts with Yuri and, like, the feelings he has towards her, his feelings mm-hmm. towards Kuon, uh, the small gestures he does once he regains consciousness, mostly. Like, tons of little, like, little things. Sniper got a lot of t- on-screen time for a character that I wasn't sure was the main character. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but I assume he's probably really important. After Rika said Sniper could take down all 30 of his masks alone, and the other guy was like, I'm not sure if he's lying or telling the truth. Or the, it was the lady who said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I can't be convinced. Like, nothing about the way he's saying that could is a lie. That's when I was like, oh, maybe Sniper is going to be way more integral to the finale of this show than I think he is. Like, that was kind of... And you, don't spoil it, Kenny, but... I, have a I don't suspicion. know. I, I oh, the manga was only at I think 140. I didn't finish this battle in the manga. The oh dang! You don't, you don't, oh no. dang! So you don't even know how it ends. So well, then here's my guess. My guess is that Sniper is involved in the the finale. He mm-hmm. either sacrifices himself or does something. This is my guess. Totally a guess. Never read the manga, guys. I think he's gonna either like sacrifice himself or be like a key to like accomplishing the finale you know whether that's like an elimination of the realm obviously that's what they want or what yuri's goal is is like eliminate the realm cool mm-hmm. and yuri um and like get everyone home safely or whatever but i, I think cypher is going to be a key in like accomplishing that that's my guess because mm-hmm. he just had too much focus i mean the character's just too cool they did too much cool stuff with him i don't i think the author is building him to be something mm-hmm. um bigger than what he is uh but yeah beside the point yeah i think so and i mean He's supposed to be like I still don't even know. He like he's supposed to be somebody from Rika's past or somebody yeah. that and I don't know how much old because Rika's eighteen. Uh Yuri is sixteen. Um and so I don't know how much older he's supposed to be. Like right. maybe like nineteen twenty ish. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be like similar aged, yeah. 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 They're, they're like, childhood friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know, like I you know, I, I think that there is still a lot about Yuri and Rika's past that we don't know about yeah. especially yeah in, in the manga where we do have more like info and stuff i think that even still up to that point we didn't know much about them and i think up to that point just about every other character we sort of heard their whole backstory and it was still sort of like 
why are Rika and Yuri so well adjusted to this sort of scenario? Yeah, they're, right. uh, they're kind of murder. They're kind of murder. They're shit. murder people left and right. Oh, like, oh I gotta kill this person. Okay, they're pretty cold, collected, and like fucking in it. When it like they showed up on this world and they said, "Guess I'm gonna fucking win this game." They like that's up. the immediate. Like they both like woke up and they're like, "Oh shit, I guess we're gonna have to kill people for this." Um, yeah. Which maybe that's an interesting. There, there is an interesting take on morality in the like lower levels theming of the show that I bet in the manga is maybe a little bit more well explored because there's more time. But obviously, there's the moral choices, right, that you have to make in desperation. Like, do we kill or do we not? How do we do it? What does that look like? Um, you know, is this realm? You know, there were a lot of those moral choices. They were pretty glossed over in the show, but um, you know, the decision, like you said, the fact that it took Yuri so long to make the first shot in the manga versus her making the first shot very quickly in the anime. Um, it definitely like yeah. those sort of moral moral questions of like, can I commit murder in a circumstance like this? Um, it seems like the author was trying to play with those a little bit. And I, I liked that. I think that the theming is just a little off because the show the story just got so like cyberkinetic by the end. I mean it just became it kind of became like more of like a will computers control us? Like, I'm fearful that the main bad guy is a fucking computer. Like, that's where I'm at with this. Like, I, yeah. like, there's all these weird, you know, the like, the thing in the God Cannon, it's brains, the like, the female robot voice or whatever. Yeah. The fuck is that? Like, that. It's that, something that, installed into their brains. Installed by who? <laughs> um, like, whoever's controlling these masks. So I'm worried that there's like some sort of robot overlord that is like trying to pick the human equivalent of like who's going to survive in this non-human world or something. I don't know. Like I, there's just so much cyberkinetic bullshit that I'm uh-huh. like it just the theming just gets a little lost by the back end. That's the way that I felt. The theming of like moral questions of murder and how do we go about survival get lost by the point when we're we're brain diving into sniper mask in order to relive his childhood and free him of the of the robot control code that was in the back of the mask i don't you know what the fuck was that (laughs) by that point the moral questions are no like by the point when nisei is like deleting her internal mask mode so she can go red super saiyan mode and fight archangel who's a wimpy or a massive guy who's been controlled by a god candidate down to this wimpy little swimsuit guy but then he beefs back up and can flick bullets with his bare hands at that point the theming just gets lost you know what i mean like the uh, the theming was just getting a little lost but it, um, it, it got it got crazy i wish there was more of like a, a backstory to archangel he was just like introduced as this like I'm strong as fuck. I got this this met this iron bat that can melt things because I swing it yeah, so fast. I was like, "What is that?" Like, I was like, "How does that work?" <laughs> There's just no no real explanation. It's um, just like he's the strongest mask. But it did look like I mean, it looked like Yuri is bringing him along. Yeah, you know, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it looks like he's now on on Yuri's team. She so, she I mean, caught a new Pokemon. So maybe we will learn more about him. Uh, that's a good point. Forward. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there's more in season two, or if they ever make a season. Didn't you guys say there's also a sequel manga that's still going or something? Yeah, yeah. it's called. Uh, what is it called, Kenny? Tinkon Shim- Shimpan Arise. Yep. In- invasion. Or- is it a sequel or is it like an alternate story or? Do I don't you know. know. Okay. Interesting. Oh. So I would assume the- like some kind of sequel. 
it's, I just, it's, it's, it says Hirai, so it has to be in the same universe at least. Yeah, I just read the uh, read the the sequence where Yuri was supposed to jump and whack the great angel over the head and show her entire set of panties, and that scene is that scene doesn't exist. Oh, that didn't happen in the manga. That was fully anime exclusive. Did Yuri uh, save Nisei though? Yeah, like, great angel stands up, coughs, and is like, "I'm still alive." And Nisei's like, "Fuck!" And then Yuri walks from around the corner and is like, "No, nah, I got you, bro." You're telling me he, she didn't deep dive full. She, no, she didn't jump. She didn't jump out of nowhere to, to mouth Nisei, dude. No, dude, she didn't do that. If you're not, if you're not ass to mouth, then dude, no. If you're not getting that ass to mouth, um, then entire, I don't. That makes. I don't want to read the manga now. I don't. If yeah, that honestly, scene isn't in there, I'm. I'm not even gonna waste my time. Take it out. The panty shots were <sighs> peak anime. Damn it. Even it feels um, like that the scene where uh, Yuri is like hanging over the edge. She has like a very um, I don't know, non-revealing set of underwear. Mm. Not in the anime. Obviously, her tits are, like, falling out. But in the manga, I just... Because I, I'm going back over some of the scenes that are, like, fucking ridiculous. Sometimes. Right. And it's like... It's like he... It was like they intentionally made, like, a semi-non-revealing outfit because, like, you know, but he was like, but to get over the edge, she tied her shirt and things to sort of get into this window. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think that we've mostly broken this thing down. But uh, any closing thoughts on High Rise Invasion before we move on to our scores, boys? Um, I mean, I think it's it's twelve episodes. It's short. It's something that that just came out. Like, if you want to watch some some good shit anime, this is probably you know probably up your alley because like. This yeah. is just ridiculous. Like the, the one word that defines this anime to me is just ridiculous, mm-hmm. and so that's that's all I really have to say about it. It's just a, uh, you know, I probably, you know, would have been fine not watching this, but uh, we watched this for the podcast, so, um, you know, I had to finish it, and um, I kind of hate myself for watching it. So, Kenny, Kenny, you have any closing thoughts? Just, yeah, I like the manga. I remember reading the manga. I enjoyed it. It's like 150 chapters that I read in 12 episodes in the show. So mm. it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I think it, what they took out was the overall theming of the show, which is that it was more of a survival horror. And the thought process going into how to solve survival horror, you know, aspects is like really important. Uh, and I think that they just pulled all of that out. We're like, uh, let's just put some boobies and underwear. Legit, they tanked every survival horror set situation. Like yeah. they never, there was never any like, um, like plan that they had to come up with. They literally mm-hmm. just tanked it every time. Like there were two. There in these days, just like straight tanked it. Yeah, there were two like fights that I would say are similar to the manga, and that's the very first one. Whenever she fights the, oh yeah, whenever she jumps off the edge and is like, okay. They always go over the edge to confirm if they died or not, and yep. so like, yes, I like that. Should, yeah, or whenever Rika fights baseball match, baseball. And he's like, oh, yeah. he's still following the idea that he's playing baseball. Love and that. So he, one. he won't just murder me; he'll play baseball with me. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. else, they just fucking. Those hate. are like the, the two they, most consistent. They literally ones. just like yeah, everything else. They just gun. They gunned every other mask down with just random bullets. They, the, I mean, they just ran up on. They just threw a grenade at wait. sniper mask. Do you remember um, when 
Well, what was the name of the doctor? I can't remember his name, but they were fighting the Al-Hara. doctor. Alhara, Alhara, I think. Alhara, yeah. And I think the the girl, the samurai girl, I think her name was like Ni or Nie or something like that. It was it was Ayn. Ayn, Ayn, So when Yuri and Nisei are first fighting the doctor and Ayn, and uh, a random like bow and arrow mask comes out. And he, the doctor is like, ha, I bet you didn't see that. And then Yuri's just like, boop, shoots her, and he just just dies. <laughs> Wasn't yeah, that, it was just so yeah. anticlimactic. It's like, oh, she she just shot him out of the sky. Yeah. That was, it it was, was, so, it was ridiculous. It, 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 was ridiculous. Was quickly, it was so quickly explained away, too. It was like, it was like, how'd you know I had two masks? And she was like, well, Ein is one in German, and Zwei is two. So when you said you only had one, you were just saying you had Ein. It was like two sentences, and then he was the doctor was like, "Oh fuck, um, <laughs> you got me. You figured me out." <laughs> uh, this is wild, this is ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> wait, what? But yeah, that I mean, that's the biggest issue, right? But okay, so I think the best way I can describe this, like my closing thought, is legitimately like this was the most watchable trash I've ever like I've watched recently. Yeah. Like, I I hate to say it, but like. Like, Jesus Christ. It had issues with its animation. The direction was weird. There were some total situations. The pacing was breakneck. Um, the story gets absurd. But Jesus, did I, I... I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching it, honestly. Like, it was the most, like, digestible anime trash I've watched in a long time. You know, like, there are certain anime trash shows, like, <clears throat> So I'm a Spider, So What?, where it's like I just can't I can't digest it. Like, even yeah. if it's supposed David's leaving, um, you know, it's like you watch an episode and you're just like, Ugh. like I just can't keep eating that. Right? This yeah. show, I, I genuinely I like, like Spider. This show at the end of every high rise episode, I was just like, I could watch more heads get blown up and more tits. Like, sure, I, you know yeah. what? There was a guarantee. Every episode, I double checked as I was watching. Every episode had a panty shot, a booby shot. And a head exploding, or some sort of massive blood and gut scene. So if you like those the three trifecta. things, this show had it every ep- every twenty minute period of this show. You were getting a booby shot, a panty shot, and something getting bloody and bloody, like broken, busted. You know, there was at least one head explosion or head cut off or whatever you love. You know, uh, probably so probably my what... probably my favorite booby scene was when the uh, was when I just walked up and just like. Put his head in between. Oh the... my god, I love that. <laughs> He's like, oh, I feel so much more calm so, now. Yeah, I feel so at place right here. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, oh bro. my god, and it was kind of funny because then like the other mask like put his head, his face on like the other guy's chest. It was like like yeah. a small amount good. of comedy, yeah. But if they adapt the last hundred chapters. And we get another season of this. A hundred percent, I'm going to watch it. Like I, I just want to know the ending. Same. But I don't want to yeah. know it so bad that I'm going to. Wa- I'm not going to go read the manga. Honestly, <laughs> I just won't. Like I'm, I'm, I'm maybe, reading yeah, the manga. I think if they started at chapter, if I started at chapter one, I might enjoy it. If I read from chapter one, I just don't know if I'm invested enough. Knowing that this series adapted for the most part what we were what we're getting out of the manga, even if there's some tonal shifts, I think that I know that like the manga is probably fun to read. In like yeah. a like a very gar like very just like you know it's like high school of the dead I love high school of the dead it's high school of the dead at least high school of the dead has a lot of really great 
What makes High School of the Dead perfect and good is that despite boobies. it being really filled with boobies and exploded heads, the plot of High School of the Dead never wavers. Mm-hmm. It's constantly normal humans placed into an unnormal situation trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And that's what made that show so much fun because the characters were driving the plot. The plot was not driving the characters. This show, the plot is driving the characters. You know, the overarching, there are masks, robots, God realm. That's driving these characters. And I think that's what makes it harder for me to be like, okay, I'm going to have a blast reading this manga. I might have a fun time because it just was so absurd that I kind of liked it. But yeah. yeah. Okay, boys, let's let's rank this. Out of 10, give us a countdown or something. I don't know. Who? What? I don't know. All right. All right. You guys ready? All right. Three. Yeah. Two, one, go. Oh, pretty David close. Pretty I knew close. you weren't like, I, I went with a five. Yeah, I went with a five. five. All right. Kenny, middle, middle of the road. Middle of the road. The most watchable bad show we've watched, in my opinion. That's yeah. that's why it's got a five for me. Because all the you other bad shows. You don't want to watch Log Horizon, right? Oh, no. fuck. I hated watching that. No. Never did I, I never finished an episode of Log Horizon and said, I could, I could eat another of that, you know? Every episode of the show, I at least was like, I could watch. I could watch another episode. Yeah. I could watch another one. <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of had to force myself through this to be honest. So that's, I, I, I was getting like, uh, like Log Horizon, um, Tower of God vibes from this of like on like based on like how I felt overall. Yeah. So, and that makes know. sense. I mean, the pacing was just like Tower of God. You know, it was massively fast, and yeah. I mean, the show was subpar animation like Log Horizon. I mean. Yeah, you have every right to have liked it a lot less. <laughs> Anyone who watches the show, if you fucking hate it, you have every right because the show was not good. Uh, yeah, but like, uh, honestly, it, it, it might go back to what you were saying before, Jerry, about like the like yeah. the dir- the directorial decision making behind this because like like is it the the director's final say in terms of like how much is getting adapted per episode? Because yeah, like like yeah. why why decide to cram so much? You know? Yeah. Essentially, to my understanding of how that works, uh, is that an animation director or an episode director uh, essentially decides what cuts need to be made and what sh- what parts of the show need to be made. And then they send stills. They say, okay, you're adapting this portion or you're creating this part of the animation. They'll hire, they usually have a team of about 15 animators per episode. They say, hey, you're going to adapt this portion. You have this much amount of time to adapt it. So adapt it uh, you know, in this amount of time. And uh, here's the cuts we've made to the manga. So then the animator will sit down. They'll have the they'll have the manga in front of them, and they'll have the the amount of frames that they're allowed to use. So how, how much they're getting paid for, right? The mm. amount of frames they're getting paid for, and then they will work from there. And they will go, okay. And it's the director making all those choices. And then generally, once they've actually finished the raw animation, the 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 line work, um, they then send it back to the director, and the director makes adjustments. And then the animator retouches it. Um, so the mm. director is really the one making the choices when it comes to coloration, when it comes to uh, the angles, the shots like that. They're the ones kind of telling the animator, hey, um, you know, I want you to, to pull this angle back a little bit farther, you know, go a little more zoomed out. Or I want this angle more more at a third degree angle. You know, they're the one making those choices. Usually it's not the animator just having free range. You know, it's not an animator sitting down and being like, Great, I'm adapting this whole... Okay, I'm going to animate this however I want. Now, generally, there's an episode director, and generally, that episode director is mostly consistent. They, they're doing the whole show, right? They're not just mm-hmm. doing one episode. They're like the director for the show. Uh, there's a character... There's a guy... Um, man, I can't think of his name. There's one ep- director 
who is uh, he works for Studio Piro, or he did, and he directed every episode of Yu Yu Hakusho, and then went on to direct every episode of Bleach. So Bleach and mm. Yu Yu Hakusho were uh, Noriyuki Abe, I think is his name. You, you, someone can look me up and check me. Uh, if you're watching this and I'm wrong or that's not his name, then my bad. But I'm pretty sure it's Noriyuki Abe. He he oversaw Yu Yu Hakusho and Bleach, and you can tell that that show has like a consistent episode director. But the issue, like if you look at a show like One Piece. That's not the case. It has cycling directors. Hmm. There are directors, different directors for different episodes, different chunks. I think there was one director who was there for like the first 300 episodes of One Piece. Then he he pieced out. And then hmm. you, they had to replace it. A different director step in. Because of that, you'll see shifts. If you look at Wano as an arc in One Piece, it just looks and feels a lot different than other arcs. And that's because there's different directors taking control hmm. of that arc. It's adapting yeah. uh, very differently. But this show most likely, I don't know about High Rise. I haven't looked it up. Oh, There's I probably did. One their, their director it, it, didn't really do a whole lot beforehand. Is there a credited director, though? There's like Yeah, a there, guy there is. Yeah. That's okay. And so that was my assumption is that most likely all 12 episodes had one person that was in charge of doing most of the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, each episode may have had like a sub-animation director who would be working directly with the animators. But I would say that that guy is the reason why the tone doesn't match the manga. It, he he had a different vision. You know, he read the manga and had a different vision for what this was supposed to be than mm. us who are reading the manga. You know, we're, that's why it's not feeling consistent. Um, oh, I like yeah. So apparently, so the 12 episodes, they had like a different person direct every episode. Okay, yeah. So that, and that, that even makes it weirder to me because that's also pretty commonplace uh, that you have a, uh, a, uh, multiple directors Wait, involved one, two, three, and then that's going to really call obviously that's going to cause some tone issues for sure because seven. when you have so many directors they all have different visions per episode it doesn't always cause issues look at a show like the mandalorian right um which is a live action tv show in the u.s the mandalorian has different directors every episode right yeah this, this yeah, had different like, directors every episode except for one person directed two of the 12 episodes but the other 10 were directed by different people and essentially, if you do have a different director every episode, you have to have a really strong someone has to be up top above those directors, helping them to keep the the tone consistent and the style right. consistent. And I just it just felt like with High Rise, I don't know if there was a, like a mastermind, if there was really someone that was like, okay, keep all this consistent or make this work. You know, like without that guy or without that person, a show's gonna feel like a a tonally. It's gonna feel like a mess. Um, yeah, you know, like yeah. John, John Favreau does that for The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where every episode is directed by someone different. But uh, John oversees the production for the most part overall, and he occasionally will direct episodes. I think he has done like one or two each season, maybe mm-hmm. three. Um, but for the most part, he lets other people direct, and then he just helps to keep the 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 tone consistent. So when you watch the eight episodes of Mandalorian season one, it all feels like one package mm-hmm. um even though each one has a different person behind the lens so it's quite a complex process um for a show this short i really am not sure what the decision making process looked like yeah. for all i know netflix threw some money at a studio and they just fucking plopped it together i i honestly wouldn't surprise me if that is like pretty standard of what happened because animators are so underpaid and overworked that i mean these were these episodes were i mean if i had to guess this was just this show was just made in essentially like a factory process like i'm not mm-hmm. sure anyone involved in the project was particularly passionate 
about high rise invasion getting an adaptation. You know what I mean? Like right. this was just a job. This was a job for them. And that's just the reality of it is like a lot of anime just get put through the process and they just get made like that. And then you've got shows like Mushoku Tensei. I don't know if you guys know, but it that studio exists all because they wanted to adapt Mushoku Tensei. Yeah. They started their animation studio because they wanted to make an anime adaptation of Mushoku Tensei. Wow. And you can fucking tell because every episode feels like a masterpiece, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's effort, there's true care for the story that's taken, right? Um, the adaptation feels like an adaptation and not just a uh, something that was crammed through a, uh, you know, a process that just pumps something out. So right. that's like the, it, but animation, oh my God, like Japan has such fucking terrible, Jesus Christ. Like they've got to figure that shit out. They can't just keep paying people like that. And treating like it, it's a pretty dehumanizing experience to be involved in the anime production process, unfortunately. And uh, I feel like every time, like, there's a pot. I, I mean, I don't want to promote other podcasts, but Trash Taste recently had an animator on as like one of their guests. And um, yeah, such we'll, a great... we'll bleep that. We'll bleep that out. No, no, no. <laughs> for we'll real. Trash, Trash Taste, which is a no, great bleep, podcast. Bleep, bleep. Obviously, they're massive compared to our podcast. They have like a million subs. They get mi- like millions of views every episode. Um, beside the point, they had an animator on one of the best episodes they've ever had because listening to the animator just talk about the process and the the method and what he went through to get the job mm-hmm. and to become an animator, just an incredibly interesting uh, podcast uh, listening to that. So if you want to go check it out, go check out Trash Taste. First, if for some reason you're listening to our podcast <laughs> and you don't know who they are, um, almost impossible. Um, Hopefully, okay, there's, there's a few out there. There's a few of you guys out there. They're out there somewhere. Okay, boys, let's wrap this puppy up, guys. Uh, okay. I don't know. I, I feel like we. This is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So very good. Um, you know, we high... want to make an announcement. Yes. We're gonna be doing a new giveaway. Oh, Kenny! Oh, damn! Wait, that's a in wait. Particular, that's a dope pop. For a giveaway, this is Neji Ray Hado. If you, we... Kenny, here's what I'm gonna say. If you made it this far in the episode, and you're listening to this part of the episode. Yep. Okay, I want you to PM direct message us on Instagram. Direct message DM at the Uncensored Anime Podcast. We're gonna put no information about this giveaway in the. No. We're not gonna put it anywhere. The only way that you can know about this giveaway is if you watch the end of this episode and you direct message us on Instagram and just say, um, I don't know, hashtag Nedure or something. Does that sound good, guys? Direct message us hashtag Nedure. And we will know that you are entered in to the process there, to potentially. There's there's um, going to be three requirements. So first, you're going to have to smash that like button right below. Oh, you're also going to have to make sure that you subscribe to the channel unless you're already subscribed. Which, if you are already subscribed, thank you so much. And then the third thing, you're going to have to direct message us on our IG, on our Instagram, with the hashtag hashtag NejiRay, and then do hashtag NejiRay NejiRay giveaway. Yeah, perfect. Neji Ray giveaway. Neji Ray giveaway. Yes, obviously you need to like, subscribe, comment, do all that shit. Yeah. I say it every episode. We're going to check to make sure you did all that other stuff if you do message us. Um, so make sure you're doing all that, following us on Instagram, all that good stuff. And we'll know if you message us on Instagram and you're not following us, it'll literally tell us in the message that you're not following <laughs> us. So you have to follow us on Instagram, follow us here on YouTube. Um, 
we can't really check if you follow us on Spotify and stuff, but we would really love it if you go over and follow us on Spotify and give us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. That helps the podcast just yeah. to grow and uh, get more get more viewers and get more eyes on it. So make sure you guys are doing all that if you've enjoyed listening to us again today. Uh, we had a lot of fun today covering more. Uh, this is our format. We've been doing this for 20 episodes now. This is the format. You know, we, we review anime. And we, we talk about anime news. That's just what we do, guys. Um, <laughs> oh, one, one more thing yeah. about the giveaway. Um, what what we'll do, I think we can do, what, two more episodes or one more episode, and then we'll we'll do a raffle. So what we'll do is we'll probably promote this for one more episode. And then yeah. um, after we air that next episode, that's when we'll stop it. And then yeah. we'll, we'll do a raffle, and then we'll announce the winner at the following episode. So... Yeah. so I think, think that'll work out right. Nedure is going to sit behind me as a reminder. Yeah. Um, I think for for giveaways in the future, I may we may even just start sneaking things in behind us <laughs> that are for giveaway, and we'll mention them at the end of the episodes. So that that's a great idea, Kitty. For the, our our fans in the future, obviously, I'm not giving away this stuff. This is part yeah, of- that, 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 that's Wait, you don't want to give away that rainbow rare. Uh... No, no, no. <laughs> if there is ever something sitting in this location behind my head, most likely there's a giveaway at the end of the episode that we will mention. Because I'm in I'm in a position now where I'm trying to get rid of some of my my collectible stuff. Um, <laughs> and I, you know what? Why not give it to people that want it? Out here on the Uncensored Anime Podcast. Right, 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 right. Well, we love it. We love it. And Kitty, I just noticed we haven't done an Unraveled in a couple episodes. I feel like we need to... Not tonight, but I think we're going to... No, here's a a good one. Okay. Oh! (laughs) This is a secret. You are two hours into this podcast. Here is a secret Unraveled. Here's a quick Unraveled. Oh, he's got it. He's got it. I saw a manga that I think you guys know. It's called High Rise Invasion, okay? This starts out and you're like, okay, you know what? I think... I'm understanding what's going on, right? There are some mass guys that are trying to kill our our people, but no, actually, depending on the face of the mask, right? If there's no mouth, it means it turns you into a god candidate. What the god. fuck's a god candidate? I don't goddamn know, okay? But if it's a god mad mask, the angry masks, uh, I think, are like... I, are, Guard, the, are they guardian angels? Isn't that what they're They're guardian called? angels? Yeah, they're yeah. like... They're like administrators, I think. I don't yeah. even know if, if they're actually under the control of the mask or not. Okay, no idea. Then some masks don't work, and they, they get, let you maintain your presence. And so, you follow this girl Yuri Hanjo, okay? And she, for real, is just like the ultimate survival horror hero. She's Jill Valentine. That's who she is, and she's out here. And she was almost a Jill sandwich. Let's be honest, okay? And somehow she finds this other girl who, like, puts on a mask, but then the mask doesn't work on her regularly. And then they fight this guy who's a sniper, and turns out it's her brother's friend. Also, her brother's here? I don't know why. Their phones work. Only other other people. Also, she breaks, like, five phones. She's constantly losing phones, and yet they're somehow getting more phones. She loses her phone in episode one. She crushes a phone in episode six. There's, like, an immense amount of phones. Everybody's got phones. And they all communicate through them. Well, masks so, have phones too. Like at one point, yeah, Cybermask like takes the mask. He like takes the phone off a of mask, but he realizes he can't use phones because he forgot how. Yeah, I was like, what? He's like, I'm fucking stupid or something. I don't know how to work <laughs> phones. Um, they might as well just do a big conference call with all of the phones together. Um, so yeah, basically that's High Rise Invasion. It fucking spins off the rails pretty quickly. Jenny's but... random unraveling of the show we reviewed tonight. Thank you, Meta. Kitty. Meta Thank is fuck. I think that if, if 
if you have never heard of any of the shows that I've unraveled up to this point, that gives you a pretty firm idea of what the fuck goes on. Right. Okay. If this is your first time, if this is your first time having watched the show and then watched our review and then watched Kenny's Unraveled, yeah. now you know what Kenny's talking about when he unravels the fuck out of these animes. Yeah. Um, because anime loves to drip feed you. We're like just a little bit Kenny, of each, and, and because it's it's like chapter to chapter, week to week, you're like, this is not ridiculous. And then you look back on it and you're like, this is fucking ridiculous. Right. A show that I really want us to talk about one day is Hajime no Ippo. Because I've heard Ooh. I've heard that it unravels pretty hard around Isn't like it chapter about, It's like a thousand plus I, chapters. Yeah, yeah I heard it about around boxing? like chapter eight hundred or nine hundred. It gets a little it gets a little twisty turvy, man. Um, is it all animated? So, yeah. Uh no no, yeah. they haven't animated anywhere near no, I think there's only like a hundred episodes of animated version, but you, uh, you kinda have to read the manga. But I want us to I don't know enough about it, but I was doing some research the other night and Lots of people feel like 800 to like 1100 is like when the author really like lost his way. Like something's going on in there. I'm just so curious. Like, what happened in chapters 800 to 1100 of a boxing anime? I have a boxing or, manga, right? Or, yeah, like what? They just box, on? don't they? I gotta find I gotta, out, Jerry. I gotta, I gotta find back out. To boxing in the current arc, they're back to doing some good boxing and stuff. I don't know if it like goes out of like being a boxing, but maybe like the context around the boxing gets more ridiculous. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. You're gonna have to ra- with sh- with sports animes. You always have to raise the bar. Haikyuu, it's like okay, they win- they won the regional, so they have to go to the national. They won the national, they have to go to the world. It's like that's kind of the net. It's like how does a manga about sports last for eleven hundred or thirteen hundred plus chapters, and it's still right. going? Yeah, he must have raised the bar. Who knows? Maybe they boxed on the moon or something. I don't know. Um, but that's the kind of ridiculousness <laughs> that I'd imagine. Like a sports anime had to do something. So I'm curious. I'm so curious. One day we'll have to get to it. Okay, again, thank you for being here on the Uncertain Anime Podcast. Thank you for listening to us. It is a great pleasure and joy of ours to be able to continue to talk about anime every single week, and we're going to keep trying to bring you guys new episodes every single Friday, and hopefully this will be out on a Friday, and you'll get another episode the Friday after that. And like we said at the beginning of this episode, we are going to be bringing you our spring anime first impressions in just a couple weeks, probably about three weeks from now. We'll be giving you our spring anime first impressions, one of our favorite things to do every anime season. And on that note, make sure that you guys like, comment, subscribe, do all of that across all of our platforms because it helps us to grow. It helps the Institute Anime Podcast to keep bringing you fun and exciting content because the more that we're able to grow, the more fun that we're able to have, the more uh, community we're able to build as well. So we're really excited to continue to bring you guys exciting and fun podcast episodes. So on that note, this is the Uncensored Anime Podcast uh, signing off, guys. Peace! <laughs>